you're Jamaican, right? No. What are you? St. Croix. Oh, I thought you were Jamaican this whole time. Nope. St. Croix, Croix is like pretty much American. Well, my family's from St. Kitts, if I have to be particular. What's St. Kitts? The British, British Virgin Islands. So the guys. white people took over your shit. I mean, all of them. White people took over your shit. All of it. They took over the U.S. What are you talking about? They did take Why over. Why do y'all even detain him? Let's start this podcast. <laughs> I mean, he's not, he don't know. Like, don't y'all he's know this nigga's been talking? All right, ladies he's, and he's gentlemen. Been, he's been in America long. He's been ladies in and he's gentlemen. Here right. we are. Your, your stuff was all the way colonized, but knock it off. Bad habits, bad habits. I had to clean up my vibe and make sure the energy right. Bad habits, bad habits. Weak minds never win, so we in the lab again. Bad habits, bad habits. I had to clean up my vibe and make sure the energy right. Bad habits, bad habits. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to No Parking on Sundays. Your host Eddie Midnight. I am here with my boy Jay Mula. What's good, y'all? Uh, I'm also here with IA. Hello, IA. Hi, how are you? Did I say that right this time? You said it great. All right. <laughs> we also have special guest in here, my boy OC. Um, unfortunately, I never called him his full name in my entire life. Um, but Obina is actually the star of this new movie on Netflix called Residue. Um, it's a great film, and I am a great fan. So introduce yourself, my guy. Hello, everybody. My name is Obi Wanchuku. Uh. I play Jay in the movie Residue. It's out on Netflix right now. Awesome, awesome. Uh, it's a great film. I've watched it. I thought it was awesome. Um, being that this is Emmy se- season, I would say, um, I thought it was very appropriate to bring him here. And uh, I've known him for quite some time, probably half of my life, to be honest, living here in the D.C. area. And just living here in the D.C. area, his character, Jay, uh, moves back to from California to... Yeah. Uh, DC area and he sees things so I honestly I had no idea that this acting thing is really like what you do um, how did you even get into this dude like <laughs> how, did I get in, how did I get into acting yeah honestly how did you get into um, acting I don't know man it's, it's a complicated thing because um, it's, it's a series of events that happened over time that kind of led me towards acting I, I would say like my earliest memory was like seeing a classmate of mine in high school um, in the theater program. Um, she was actually on a show on Netflix called uh, The Get Down. You guys oh, know? yeah, that was good. Yeah, she played, she played, I can't remember the character's name, but she was the one with the pigtails. Okay, the light skin chick? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it was a good movie. I mean, good yeah. show. Yeah, so she was, in my, she was in my art class in high school, and I saw her in the theater program in the high school. And at that time, you know, I'm not thinking about, you know, acting or anything. I'm thinking about, like, getting, car, getting my car, you know, yeah, getting shoes and getting fresh. And regular like stuff, yeah. yeah. You know saying? Like regular high school stuff. When I saw her do it, it seemed like, oh, you know, black people do this, you know, for real. And um, so that kind of made it seem possible for me, you know what I mean? And I kind of got curious off of that. And just over time, I just, you know, reading books about acting, you know, um, watching movies, learning monologues and things like that. And, you know, one thing led to another. Uh, I did a play. And What's the play called? I was I uh, did a raisin in the sun. You guys familiar with that? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Raisin in the sun. I played the Nigerian character. Okay. <laughs> um, they typecasted it's you. It's okay to be typecasted right, sometimes. Right. It's okay. Um, and you know, I fell in love with it um, right then and there. I think. So today is this your biggest film? To date, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, that's for sure. Sure. Of course. How's the reception been so far? The reception has been great. You know, we, we've been... It's a critically acclaimed film. I think I can say that. I mean, the fact that Ava DuVernay signed on on it and right. gave you guys the situation to get on Netflix, right. I think that is a blessing in disguise. That is great. Yeah, so uh, Array, um, Ava DuVernay's company, they distributed the film. Oh, that's fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they're doing, like, this big, like, push for the film. They have, like, the poster on, like, cabs in New York. That's um, dope. Uh, we're doing, like, radio interviews. With your face. With well, with Jakari's <laughs> face. Jakari's the per, the kid that plays the younger version of me in the film. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, so his face is all over, all over the. The, the poster I had had your face. Soon come, the, you next nigga. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, the the poster. I think the older poster had my face on. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, but yeah, man, you know it's, it's been crazy the reception we've been getting. You know, nothing but I feel like it's nothing but positive reviews, positive reactions. So what? So what about the film? I guess impacted you. Like, what made you say this is something that I want to do and like. Did it did it make you feel any different? Like, did it make you feel powerful? Like, what what was so special about this film for you? I think just the subject matter. You know what I mean. Funny enough, when I was in college, when I was in college, and you know, when I was in theater school, um, a few of my classmates we were outside talking about like what we wanted to do in like five years, ten years, and everybody's like, "Yeah, I want to work with Will Smith. I want to work with Denzel. I want to work with this person, that person." And the, my goal, my five year, ten year goal was. That I wanted to make a film about DC. Believe it or not, I know that sounds crazy. Uh, so it's crazy how this happened. You know, it's kind of like a full, full circle. circle. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? That I get to be um, in a film about DC. But um, I forgot what was your question. <laughs> but I, I mean, you kind of answered it. Like I, I was asking you essentially, like what? Why did you want to do it? Right, I mean, right, yeah. So you know, it was kind of like and you're from here, right? Originally, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was kind of like a, I want to say a passion project, if you would. Um, for me, um, so it's kind of crazy how it, it all came together, and also just with our director Marawi, you know, seeing how passionate he was, you know, he kind of inspired that passion in me as well. You know, he's also from DC, correct? He's from DC. He's from Northeast DC. Um, he's actually the son of Haile Marima, who's like a, a world-renowned filmmaker. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. He made, he, came, he made the movie um, St. Copa. That's probably his most famous film. Oh, interesting. I don't know if you guys remember that. Um, i have to check it out. That was probably before my time. Yeah, was, I think that was like the 80s. Yeah, um, I was watching was, Ninja you know, Turtles. I wasn't ready right, for that. We were all like kids. But, okay. But yeah, you know, just it was a bunch of things. A bunch of uh, a combination of things. You know, in, in the movie, I saw that you even, you cried. I mean, I don't want to be too much of a spoiler or but I did see that you cried in the movie. Yeah. And I always think, like, what is it that makes actors cry? Like, how do you get yourself to that place, like, to actually get really that emotional emotional about something, like, to get you to that point? Well, specifically, I can't remember. It was three years ago we shot this film. Oh, wow. Wow. So we shot in two, the summer of 2017, we shot for 14 days straight. And then... Um, so this summer, film was shot in 14 days? Well... The first summer, and then we did pickup shots the summer of 2018 for another like two weeks. What's a pickup shot? Pickup shots is just like what you feel like you missed. You should okay. add this in, you know. Oh, we're doing that now. Um, right. Um, so it's been a while, so I don't remember. But usually, I, I can think back to like acting class. Like usually, I'll just think about like something tragic happening in my life. That's like, you know what I mean? Which is it sucks. But so you like, shot a real tear. He was crying. I mean, you have he to. Was, really uh, cry. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. But you know, you, you you do whatever you can, and with this film in particular, like we didn't have time to rehearse anything. We didn't have time to do any kind of research. Or anything. It feels like, very indie. It is very indie. Yeah, like the way we shot it. Um, but it still was high quality, which I was surprised by. Yeah, yeah. Surprised yeah. By. It gave me. I don't know if y'all familiar with that studio. I think it's called A One or something like that. A twenty four. A twenty four. Like that kind of feel. That's yeah. how their movies are shot. They, they do a lot of yeah. Very indie ish, right. and they do very high quality indie, and that's what this vibe gave me, especially you know the scene where you. Um, visit your childhood friend in um, jail. And yeah, I thought yeah. that was like very important just to have that conversation that you did with him. And the fact that the conversation ended up being such a landscape, I think you guys were talking and then it, it was like a conversation where you ended up in your childhood playground, place somewhere that you guys used to hang out yeah, with. Yeah, it was, it was at the, um, the mountains that they used to go to as children. Mm -hmm. um, but I think our director, um, Marawi Garima, he was just so adamant about not doing the typical, you know, yeah, jail scene like where you do talk. touch, yeah, you touch your talking. hands in the end, and you know, and he's right. he's very intentional about not painting black people in the stereotypical. Mm -hmm. I love you know, that. That's honestly that's my favorite scene. That's yeah, my favorite scene. Yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed that conversation that you guys had, yeah. and it wasn't like how's jail going. It was more right. like just catching up about right. life, and then right. talking about the things that y'all went through, and just having a conversation, man to man. But I thought it was very deep that. After the conversation, he was walking away up in the mountain, and he had he still had his chains on. Mm -hmm. I was just like, that's that that yeah. fucked me up a little bit. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, that, that's the that's the genius of Marawi Garima, but also like just the fact that we didn't have many resources. Sometimes you know you those imperfections make for you know a great film. It makes for a great you know end product when you don't have everything all together. You know, and that's the case for this one, right? So as a matter of fact. I'll give you guys a little fun fact. A um, uh, little fun fact. So that first, the first scene, you saw the film and you saw the film. So that very first scene where Jay talks to the older gentleman on the stoop. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, okay. yeah. Those three gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't supposed to shoot that day. This is just to give you an idea of what it was like to shoot this mm -hmm. film. I wasn't supposed to shoot that day. I came to set just to see what it was like. This is my first feature film. I didn't know what it was like to be on the set, and, you know, and all of that. And I came to set, and I was just, I'm kind of looking around and walking around, and Rob was like, hey, can you stand right here? And I had on a white shirt. Mm -hmm. I didn't even, the it's shirt like I had. white tee, yeah. Yeah, I had on a white which, shirt. Which is regular. <laughs> I had on a white shirt. They told me to stand, stand at a certain place. The shirt was too bright. The lights, it was messing up the camera lights. Yeah. So we switched shirts. <laughs> that's actually Marawi's shirt that I have on in that scene. Wow, that's dope. And he handed me some lines and was like, hey, can you say this? And that's how that scene was kind of born because I wasn't supposed to be there. You know <laughs> you what I mean? Ready, I, wasn't yeah. to, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for anything. But that's kind of like the nature of the entire film. You know what I mean? We were yeah. just like, literally, sometimes we were just pulling people but off of the street. Even that conversation that y'all had, like, even the accents, I honestly didn't believe some of those people. Were they all actors? Every... Everybody except the girl that plays um, girlfriend. my girlfriend uh -huh. is from DC. She wow. was supposed to be someone from Cali. Right. She gave me Cali vibes when she tried to Right, me, right. So. She's actually from New Jersey, but. Cali goes to yeah. Cali, <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, man, it was, it was truly, truly, truly an independent film at the mm -hmm. very core. You know, it sounds like you, the, the filmmaker or the director. It feels like it was a passion project. For it him. was. It was a passion project. This is that was his life. That was his life. He was literally just telling the story of his life. You know, he went to USC, went to Cali, came back, 
DC is gentrified, obviously. Completely different. And he yeah. told the story. So. Did, did he ever find his friend? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Um, I think if you if you know if you notice during the end credits, it says to Lamar. Yes, I saw are, that. I think that's who who it know, is. He was writing this. Oh wow! Yeah, it sounded. It was very weird. So that was something I was thinking about. It sounded like either that kid that he was looking for mm-hmm. either had moved on and had a better life somewhere in Maryland. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like a lot of people I know in DC that end up moving to Maryland and just lose touch with their lifestyle in DC. Mm-hmm. So that's what I thought happened, but I didn't see that part of the end credit. You know, Netflix is quick to be like, nice. Right, right. <laughs> but you could also select the watch. I, I watched the end and I saw that yeah. and I was just like, yeah. what What do you think that really represented? Why do you think Jay was such on a hunt to find his friend? Do you feel like that's what connected him back to his neighborhood? I think it was one of the many things that connected him back to his neighborhood, but also like, you know, he's seeing all of his other friends. He's seeing, he saw Delon say, you know, he saw Mike, he saw everybody yeah, he saw else, everybody and it's like, but the one but person the one that, person that, that he was, yeah. yeah. So I think that was kind of like an ode to his friend. I loved it. It was, it was a really good, it, it was a good movie the way, and I did feel a little, you know, weird about the way it ended. Yeah. Um, I felt like the ending left too many questions. Yeah, felt um, the same way. And sometimes it's good, you know. Movies do that all the time. I watch Black Mirror, and they never solve the. They right. never solve right. it. It's right. always like that. That's one of my favorite shows. So when I did see that ending, I was like, I was telling my friend when he was watching. I was like, I hope this is not happens. I hope this is not happens. This is acting out. It is. I'm like, ah. So I know as far as like, what was the feedback that you got from that end? And what do you think, how do you feel about the end of the movie and how everything came into fruition? When I first saw it, first of all, the feedback is, where's Demetrius? Every, people in my DMs, where's Demetrius? Where's Demetrius? (laughs) I don't know people, I don't know. But, um, um, what was the question? How, How did you feel about the end? Do you feel like that was the perfect conclusion or do you feel like y'all left it open like that? Because in my head, he got arrested. Right, right. We don't know, though. But I wish... There was actually an alternate ending, which I can't talk about. Oh, and I wish sure. that I was the end. I, I can't talk about it, because I, I think he has, cool. he's going to do some other stuff with the film. But I would have rather had that ending than the one that we had. But when I did see it, I will say, the first time I saw the ending, I was like, yo, I'm glad you made that choice. Mm-hmm. Because it kind of leaves an open end. You don't know. We don't know. You Maybe don't know. he got away. Maybe he... Found Demetrius. Who knows? You know what I mean. So I think I, I like, like that was a hint. hint. <laughs> well, I won't say that. I ain't say all that. But um, um, I do. I do like that he did it that way. And it, for me, as a as a as an audience member, I'm still like questioning it. Like I ask him all the time. And he's like, do you think so? The way it ended. Do you feel like that was justified? The way he like attacked those white guys. Like for me, I mean, I feel like I'm ruining this movie. I feel like I'm disappointed, but. I, I don't know. I felt kind of indifferent about it because these are innocent bystanders, so to right. speak, but they're also part of the problem. Well, and I think, I'm sorry to cut you off, but it, one of the biggest scenes or one of the interesting scenes is when the, uh, the dog pooped on the yard and mm-hmm. she said, you know, that's going to leave something mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like, damn, that's deep. Like, you know, even if you remove the people, it still it's leaves an impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, even if you take the black people out of the community, mm-hmm. We still built this shit. Like mm-hmm. this is us. Like mm-hmm. all this that you guys are enjoying, the fruits of our labor. Mm-hmm. These trees that you're hiding behind and like you're planting your grasses and you're doing your little picnics on. We, our ancestors, were the ones who planted these. We're the ones who built this community of what it is, and you guys are thriving off of it. Mm-hmm. So when she said that, I was just like, "That's deep." Yeah. And then for him at the end of the movie, to like 
that dude I was just like it's just you know it's it's a it's a human reaction you know what I mean it it doesn't mean it was right but it's just like that's how some people might react to certain things you know what I mean you gotta think about it like throughout the whole film it's a bunch of things happening it's like he's trying to figure figure his life out but it's like things keep getting in the way you know he loses Mike in the film, you know. Uh, uh, he's he's, yeah. he's. I feel like they should have touched more on that a little bit. Yeah, I, I think I think so as well. But I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta, you gotta do what you. But that's how life is, though. People move on so quickly. You don't even it, you don't get to feel the depth of that of someone passing away to that. Exactly. So it's like you know, like it's, it's a bunch of there are a bunch of things building. So I think to to what you were saying, eventually it's like taking time by eventually right i feel like that scene was very realistic because it does show how dynamic humans are it's just like jay kept his composure in a lot of parts but he you you saw different scenes where he felt and at the end it's it's to me that wasn't a moment about right or wrong that was a moment that is you know human human. yeah so i was glad to i was glad it was in the film because it speaks to you know some of the points I made about you know, so, having a balance. It's almost like the random act of violence that happened to him. He just passed yeah. it on. It's almost like karma. Like eventually, those things. It's like hurt people, hurt people. I mean, it, it could be that. It's also why we have wars, and people see that as you know necessary and justified, and so on and so forth. So. But also, he deals with the consequences. Mm. There's with always the a consequence. Officers, you yeah. know what I mean? So, At some point, he might. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Even though we don't know. I feel even the weed situation, like, it's just so many little things, little things. Like, yeah. the guy, the white guy getting weed, like, it's, like, real chill and cool. But for us, it was such a task, such right. a mission. We called it a mission, literally. Right. It was a mission to get some weed. Right. Like, that was what it was. For this guy, it was like a Uber Eats. Like, right. it was like so easy. Backyard. And he was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. I would have been frustrated at some point too, especially coming from where he came from and then seeing how things were so different. And this is, I, I think that was the same guy who had bought, who had taken over his mom's house. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is my childhood home and you're just like out here. Yeah. It, it hurt. I can see what how you felt. Like for me, being that I grew up in suburbia in Maryland, I felt very differently about kids from DC and mm-hmm. when they would move to our area, you know, via like, family or group homes or anything like that. I always felt like, I mean, honestly, I never understood it because we would always get into these weird tidbits and fighting over stupid things. And now as I got older, I realized like, we're all products of our environment, honestly. It's not something that, I don't think people choose what happens to them. It's just you gotta adapt. In most cases when they were fighting, they were just fighting survival. survival. Can you relate to anything? Like, is, is some of some of the story of Jay your story? I mean, I can relate to, like, the sense of belonging. You know, Jay goes to L.A., he comes back, and he doesn't feel like he belongs in the city because of gentrification, but also because of his friends. You know, they alienated him. I mean, you didn't see a film, did you? You didn't get to that part. But, okay, but, like, he has a friend in the film who kind of treats him as an outsider. You know what I mean? He's very suspicious of him because he comes back, he's trying to make a film, he's like, bro, you haven't been here in so long. You know, why, what are you trying to do with this film? Why are you trying to make a film about it? So I can, I can relate to like that sense of not coming back to the Well, yeah, but also like I grew up in DC, but I also grew up in PG for most of my life. So it's like going back, even when we were shooting on Q Street, I didn't feel like I 
belong there. You know what I mean? I felt like I was kind so of far outside. Yeah, I'm so far removed from that life, even though they embraced me. But, you know, I can relate to little things like that. I think a lot of me is NJ. I know that sounds like a cliche thing to say, but a lot of me is NJ because we do kind of have like a that kind of suburban upbringing. You know, he grew up with both of his parents in the film, whereas a lot of his friends didn't. Um, so I can kind of relate in a little in, a, in those little subtle ways. Honestly, I think the film right now, as far as what it ta- touches on, as far as um, the generational curses or just even dealing with like trauma and coming back home and seeing where things start from, I think right now resonates very, very true to what's going on right now as far mm-hmm. as gentrification and things like that. So right. that is why I love the film. Um, seeing someone like you, who I grew up with, acting like that was very inspiring. And I want to say shout out to you. You did a thank great you, job. I think it was phenomenal as far as that. Um, the film was great. I think everyone here has watched it at this point. So I'm not going to drop any crazy spoilers, but I think one of the things that really impacted me was, you know, you and your character coming back home and talking to some of your childhood friends and knocking on doors and realizing that um, a white man lives here now and it's mm-hmm. not what I thought it was. And there's constant, constant construction and reconstruction going on in D.C. Different people live in there and it just... Being that I live here, it's just like it was. It was crazy to see that on screen. Right. So I thought that was very interesting. I I don't know how you guys felt when y'all watched it. I mean, I think a lot of things about uh, DC's justification and whatnot. Because um, I used to work right in DC, in the heart of where all the construction was happening, mm. and I work in real estate. Um, so it's like I have mixed feelings between what gentr- what's happening in gentrification. You think it's and, a good thing? Um, I think it's a it's almost a necessary evil. Right. Mm. But I think that uh, there the caveat to the whole situation is like, you know, when the whole Dome UDC stuff was happening, uh, maybe early this year and last year, even kind of going on now a little subtly, is that um, a lot of, frankly, the white folks are moving into the city, you know, and they can afford it. And a lot of the folks that have been living there can't afford it. And what's happening is taxes are going up. Mm-hmm. And the, a lot of the folks that live in D.C., they own their homes, but you can't afford the property taxes anymore because they're living on Social Security and whatnot. And that's really what the issue with gentrification is. But the reality is that, like, um, in order to improve upon something, you have to bring new product in in order to compete. Like, that's just it, the nature of the beast. That's why I say it's a necessary evil. Mm. But I think that uh, Muriel Bowser, a lot of people don't like her, but I think the catch with politicians and working in politics is that you have to make those hard decisions, right? Um, and like I said, I worked in D.C., and somewhat of political real estate place. Uh, and I've seen the negative impact and I've seen the positive impact. Um, we what want, is- because DC, there's parts like Berry Farms and like frankly certain hoods that weren't doing too well. Not Super even just doing well. It's just different places. Yeah, but it's also like, it's like when Jay says you're fighting for building blocks that aren't yours. You know what I'm saying? Like these are like sects of like DC that aren't doing well or, are are dis- where disenfranchised people are living, and frankly, we have to we have to do something about it, right? In order to do something about it, you have to kind of remove it. But the thing is, I work in affordable housing to be more clear, and the affordable housing spaces. What they're doing is a lot of gentrification and traffic in DC, especially in the waterfront. A lot of those apartment complexes. Um, the argument is, is there not enough enough affordable homes in those uh, complexes? But they're setting aside spaces and units in those homes for so, people for that people. grew up out here and who right. were low income not even and things people. like that. Yeah, but just more so for working class citizens and folks that are are uh, that still want to be in D.C. And frankly, those are black folks because we don't 
on the, in the spectrum, we don't get paid as much, right? Um, so that's kind of like when I say it's a necessary evil because I don't know how I don't have an answer of how we keep the old product, keep the same people in there. I think and get new product. I think and, the issue is I think not to cut you off too much, but I think the issue is also people losing their culture. I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of people so, feel. Sorry, so I'm glad you said that because you actually I, I lost my train of thought at one point <laughs> because what I said was true. But the other part when I mentioned Meryl Bowser is that like when she made the point to say that GoGo is the city's uh, music is the theme song and then just making that. sure that they Chuck like. Brown. Making sure that, like, if we're doing these things, that we're going to keep some of the culture. I mean, frankly, you can't keep all of it. Like, as much as you try to, it's going to be society is built around people. So the only way for the culture to stay is for the people to continue to push and fight for it. That's why I think the Don't Mute DC movement was such a like, impactful and important thing, because that was the only way that we were going to. I think that, that pushed Mira Bowser's hands to say, no, you guys can come here. We're creating a space for everyone to kind of live. But just let you know that these people here, this is what makes DC. Now, do you realize that that's why, like, his character comes Mm -hmm. back home and he sees that people are fighting for those spaces that you're speaking of? Oh, yeah. That's why they end up killing each other and there's crime and certain things like that. Like, it's hard for everyone to get where they think they fit in when the community and the areas that they grow in completely change 360. I mean, I think that, I think that. Why not offer better jobs as, as as the mayor? Why not? Create better jobs so that the people can afford those I think, homes. I think, I think that, and unless there's an argument that I don't know about, I think that the conversation around that, creating better jobs, I do agree there's, you, you have to create jobs, but then you also have to, us as people need to also well-equip ourselves for jobs, right? So, oh my God, don't say it like no, it's, no, no, no. I'm not saying. You mean like no, college? no. You don't have to go to college. What I'm saying is that like sometimes people, and this is not. This is a very general statement. I'm not saying everyone's doing this, but what I am saying is that sometimes folks want certain things in life in theory, but they don't understand what it takes to get that. They just think that a certain structure is supposed to provide it to them, and they should be able to apply and get it. But the reality is, is that everyone is trying to get it. Mm-hmm. And so when it's it, it's like we all do this. I mean, that's why we improve our resumes and we go out here and we apply for all jobs. And you're an resumes. actor, right? So like when you go out to acting gigs, you're literally competing against someone else that might have uh, better credentials or more experience or whatever case it be. Yeah. And it's not to say that one is better than the other. It's just that like if you're gonna more equipped. Yeah, and that's what I say by being more equipped. I'm not saying that like um I'm not saying I, I do agree that we need to position our people first but the reality is that us as people also have to do our part it's kind of like i mean not to get too deep but it's like in the bible like god only helps those that help themselves so it's twofold Mm -hmm. you know so i don't i don't want folks that's been living here to lose what they've been having but also so i think that's what dc's trying to figure out how to do to an extent but i think also as us people we got to work really hard because things are expensive i mean if you look at if you take yourself out of dc you look at san francisco la uh, parts of Atlanta. Atlanta is not cheap like people think it is anymore. Um, New York, oh, these really? big cities. No, it's. I mean, it's Atlanta's relative. still cheaper than here. Yeah, but like Shit. it's cheaper. But like, what's what's four hundred thousand? Like, just to throw a number out, that's a a four hundred thousand dollar house here might be like three twenty five in, in in Atlanta. We're talking seventy five thousand dollars. That's not. It's not a huge swing for real. In the grand for scheme for some thing. people, it is, and I think that's. I mean, but it's not a huge swing. Bring. I mean, I, I feel you. I understand. Um, I, I, how do you feel about the film? Um, I thought, you know, me not being a, a DMV native, it was really insightful to see the film because, you know, um, 
you hear so much about what DC was. I feel like the the film residue really gave a nice snapshot of mm-hmm. what it was, what I imagined DC was to mm-hmm. to kind of see what it's evolved to. I felt sad watching the film, um, but I also thought the film was really universal because. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I lived in, uh, I was a kid in New York, raised in Florida, went back to New York. And even in that time, I saw um, I saw some of the neighborhoods really, I lived in the neighborhood, um, Fort Greene, Clinton Hills, Spike near, near, near Barclays. And oh, I, that's where Spike Lee's from? Yeah, and I saw the change. Mm-hmm. I saw, I saw, you know, businesses that were a staple in the community. It was a, uh, you know... I would say like the mom and pop shops and stuff like that. It was even it was like you had a higher working class black Mm -hmm. families there and you just saw it be uprooted and people predicted this like everybody. It wasn't just black folks, but people in that neighborhood were really adamant about keeping that neighborhood what it was. And in a short amount of time, it evolved. So watching the film was 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 sad to me. Mm -hmm. And um I just that that last line um, as the film was going out, it said DC is still ours. And I was just like, is it? Mm. Is it really still ours? I think so, uh, to an extent. But go ahead. Yeah. Only you should. <laughs> DC still ours. I think is more of a, a, a combative statement more than anything. It's more yeah. like you know. Uh, I, I've been saying this through the the entire like uh, interview circuit. Is like. There might not be anything we could do about gentrification as far as like, you know, buying back the block or, you know, things like that. But at the very least, you, you know, we can say how we feel with this film. And hopefully that kind of like sparks, you know, conversation and maybe, you know, some type of change. I don't know if it was any type of like practical change as far as like, uh, you know, uh, as far as like... like I get what you're saying. You're right. I mean, it's it's it, it's 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 showing that like, frankly, it's about like when I was touching on. It's like it's important for us to keep the culture right. The things around us may change, mm-hmm. but the people in our in itself, the things that make the city what it is, don't necessarily have to change. But I think that within that spectrum, it's kind of matter of fact. Dapper Dan, for instance, right? Oh he yeah, said, from New York, right? Yeah, you know he. One, like, yes, he did the whole Gucci thing and whatnot, but one of his ways of making money was that he educated himself and knew that gentrification was going to... Because, you know, gentrification is, like, cynical. It um, happens. It happens all yeah, the time, It's right? going to happen at some so point. he knew that the part of New York that he was going to be at was going to hit, hit. And he told people, hey, buy a brownstone, get a brownstone, do this, do that. And Niggas he wasn't listening. One, and they didn't do it, yeah. right? And he bought one. And now his brownstones were, for like, I think, $2.5 million. Wow. So, so, you know, so it's not... I'm not... Granted, he had the means because clearly he was doing what he was doing. So I'm yeah. not taking that away. Like he had the means, right? Yeah. But the thing is, we have that's to, another thing. A lot of people don't even have the money to some extent. Well, do they not have the money? Because that's the thing. I see people with a lot of nice things. Do we really not have the what, money? What's not nice to buy things back? though? I mean, we fake shoes. it till we make it in D.C., Maryland, yeah, and stuff it, like but, that. I mean, people do shoe, spend three thousand dollars on shoes and belts. Like, why? Why not stack that money? That money can go a long way to put you know something down and buy back that neighborhood. Um, or pay your taxes. Uh, I mean, <laughs> no, she's right. It's, and I, I mean, honestly, you got real. Uh, I, I, I appreciate what you did because I kind of tiptoed around a little bit of that. But you're to an extent, you're right. Um, so basically, to be very frank, like I one time, me and my friends went to a particular store down in the city center, right? And um, 
I saw folks standing in line, you know, for shoes. No, just trying to purchase items that shoes I pretty sure buying stuff, just buying stuff. Yeah, but I, design. yeah, but I, this is the thing. It's it's a very it's a very t- touchy subject because I don't believe in telling people what they should spend their money on. But what I do think is that people need to put more emphasis on what money does for one's lifestyle outside of material possessions. If it makes you happy, it makes you happy. Yeah, That's but, the truth. but you have to. But you Are have you to think. Happy, you have to. You have to. Like I wrote this quote one time that said, "We ignored uh, truths for uh, for immediate happiness." You can't do that. For, like to an extent, like for a period of time, you kind of do that. And, and you're, but when, when you get to a certain level of maturation, you should you should kind of like start to say, you know what? I need to. Think about the long term. Like you said, what, so like what I didn't say to you earlier that I thought was actually really dope is you said that you wanted, your five-year plan was to do a film that was based on where you're from and being here, right? And one of the things that I thought was plan. that not to, it may sound kind of negative, but like you didn't hang your hat too high. You hung your hat in a very real place. Mm-hmm. Everyone said they wanted to work with Will Smith, this, that, and the other. But I personally thinking as a person that thinks that I try to think through things, I think that like you thought about something very practical. And I think that the, the goals of one work with Will Smith is a great thing, but that's something that's done in theory. Mm-hmm. It's not something that happens. Like, how do you say that? Right? Like, mm. I think that what you should be saying is like, I want to do something that means something to you. He got his passion project out the way. And I don't know who he is, but like out the way early, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Some people are still pursuing their passion projects because yeah. they're chasing I'm still other working things. on my mixtape. He's, he's doing things that are true to himself. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's what it is. I think it's important for people to recognize who they are and what they want and be real to themselves. And then when you're real to yourself, the things outside of your your bubble just become like small, minute changes because you're still on your course no matter what. Yeah. I would like to add one thing. You, you mentioned, Jelani, that um, you don't want to tell people what to do. With his, his, his name is Jay. We it's use cool. code names, remember? I... <laughs> Jay. <laughs> Your your code name is OC. I don't even know what OC stands for. I don't know why I call you that. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a movie star now. I, <laughs> I, I just I will say that living in neighborhoods with really honestly the world, you see different habits um, in different cultures. Mm. And so when I hear black folks say, "Oh my gosh, they're taking our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. If this is your neighborhood." You don't let it be taken. So I feel like... Oh, we could say that about the British and what happened to us, or the Indians could have said that. They fight. But if they have more resources than us, it's all, it's a losing fight. You can have, only do so we much. We have resources and we have the education now. So I feel like uh, it yeah. is a choice. That is too late. I, yeah. I, I don't think it's too late. I think, I think we most definitely still have... If we can congregate and if we could stop lining up, um, I think or lining up to buy the material items and really put that money together and think beyond just the nice thing I want to flash, but I want to think about my children and because that's the difference in other cultures. I have a friend. You think like generational wealth and passing down uh, stuff like that to their children, and you think the black community doesn't do do uh, that I'm enough? Sure they, no. they do not they do that. I have an We're upper, new to that. I have a friend. I think is, we do, we might be new to it, here. but let's, we're fighting debt and so many different things. Let me though. tell you. Let me tell you. I have a friend who's an actuarian. So uh, an actuarian. So an actuary to give some background. That's that's actually the folks who decide the value of something mm-hmm. um, so they're the one who decide what a, a car the value is or of something the value, mm-hmm. like your insurance all of that StockX so, does that for my sneakers so they she i oh. remember specifically <laughs> saying that they have to create marketing items completely different 
for the black or African-American population because they are the only folks who do not think that there's value in keeping something for their children and children's children. Everybody mm. else has a, a me, mindset me, me. of like, I have to do this for my future. So they're not starting off in a six feet under hole. They're, they're starting at least on, Part. you know, some sort of some sort of even playing field. So it's like every generation is starting off not even on an even ground. They're, they're starting in a hole. And so when you're sitting here saying, oh, I don't think I should tell people what to do, I think that's part of the problem. That's why they have been able to come in and, and gentrify all of our neighborhoods because because we, we, they'll sit here and say, don't come into our neighborhoods, go back to yours, but then they'll come into our neighborhoods and take over. And it's so easy because one, we don't congregate together. We don't have each other's back. And then our priorities are all over the place. We don't believe in taking care of each other and leaving something for even our own children. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with her to an extent, right? Um, um, always to an extent. To an extent, because I yeah, no, it's always you can't to an extent completely because agree, ever, huh? You never completely <laughs> agree with anything. No, I can't because I think I think there's nuance, right? And I think there's nuance in everything. So I think what I appreciate though is that you you're being very specific in these things, right? But I I think that. I think about often the folks that experience things in their lives, the kind of the trauma in their lives that just create these setbacks. Right. And I try not to minimize nothing that you're doing that. But those are the things that I think about myself when I say to an extent, because I say like um, and I like to bring things back to the Bible because no offense to Christians and people that are believers. But I think that when you know your history, you know yourself. Right. So when you so when you think back in the times specifically when Moses was going up the Pharaoh, right? Mm-hmm. And the Pharaoh was adorning himself with all these nice things, but he had his slaves and whatnot, right? And God was like, let my people go, but he wouldn't do it, right? Because he wanted essentially for people to fly, to go out and make something of themselves, but he wouldn't do that. I think that's kind of some somewhat in my head. So you're saying gentrification I, is happening so that we as no, black people find a different avenue? It's not just gentrification per se. What happens is that there's, there's just a top heavy so when Kanye talks about not to bring him because I don't want to talk about Kanye at all, I, but when he talks we when point. we talk about gentrification and things like that, it's really like a class system, right? I want to know why he's a <laughs> So like when we talk about a class system, what happens is we don't recognize uh, because of racism being such a big deal and such a real thing, we don't recognize that like these class thing, these things that impact where we are in the hierarchy of society are impacting our lives further. Uh, further down the line than uh, racism to an extent. I hate to say that, but it's kind of true because what happens is, like, I look at Rock Nation and Jay-Z, right? And I think that uh, when you watch what happens and he's doing, he's he's allowing people to get their masters in and become masters of their own entities. What happens is we need to do the same thing, right? We can't keep chasing these different things. And like she was saying, it was like, we need to come together as a as a community and stop trying to, like, nitpick at these small granular things. So we need to just like the whole big picture and say, you know what? Um, when they say buy back the block, there's plenty of homes in DC right now that probably cost seventy thousand to a hundred thousand dollars. But you gotta build the fuck out of it. But yeah, but you're what you're not missing what you're missing is the the renovation on that home may cost you three hundred thousand, right? So if you put if you put if you buy a house for a hundred thousand dollars, you put three hundred thousand dollars into it, the house is easily gonna be worth more than four hundred thousand dollars because yeah. a home. But in who DC, teaches these people to do that? I, I think, think a lot of people don't understand the, the so, economics that go into it sometimes. So I'm from a place and kill me if you want to. I'm from a place of like no, depending who you me. are and where you are in life, 
the, the excuse of who teaches you this, who told exactly. you this. I'm not really for that anymore. That's the only people, yeah, I'm not really for that anymore. Like I'm kind of over that. There's enough. There literally is enough. Uh, Access Yeah, there's enough representation for you to see that like there's this, there's that, and there's this. There's enough ways for you to see. There's a lot of avenues, and you can pick one. You don't yeah. have. It's not for you to. And, then, and once you pick one, like he, like even like when he said that he wants to do a film based on like where he's from, right? He picked that. And then you just start to follow it. It's a journey. I think people always it's an say, action plan. That makes sense. Yeah, but people look at life as this end goal thing. It's there is no end goal. The only end goal is death. So oh, if you wow. look at no, like if you look at life as a journey and and, and ups and downs, you're just gonna go through. And you you need to figure out what it is that you want to do. And if you don't know, you know, start to educate yourself. Ask questions. Um, and I think people live in the moment. Most people. I understand what you're saying. No, no, I, I completely. Oh, okay, I agree right. with what you're saying. Like, there's ten hundred ways of finding information if you're really looking for it. But I think what happens for a lot of people is they're caught up in the moment and caught up in what they're trying to do as far as raising their families no, and things of that, that nature. Yeah. Um, I have people who I know who never voted because doesn't matter who's in presidency, their life doesn't change. Nothing changes for them. They still have to work and they still have to put food on the table for their so children. So, yeah, no, that's yeah fine, right? they're in survival mode and nothing has changed for them so as far the question, as voting. So, so the question is, sorry to cut you off. We're going to keep on what you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about survival mode, right? Fair enough. Now, if we have, let's say we had a round table of like folks that are in survival mode, because there's a lot of us in survival mode and I totally understand it. And I think that's where, frankly, white culture does not understand that we've been fighting for so long that we're just, sometimes we're just tired, you know what I mean? And that's why I think we take the time to adorn ourselves to make ourselves feel good in these small moments. But the question now is, what does survival mode look like? What are you doing? What, what does your survival mode plan look like? Is it just waking up every day and working two to three yeah. jobs? Some people are like no, that. that. Yeah, that's right. Some right? people literally work no. till they die. No, that's that's 100% yeah. true. But I think that I think that that's our parents, right? And there's some folks at our age that are in that space. But I think that, and this could be my naivete, right? I think that there's people that are age, and maybe let's say even like 10 years younger than us, 22-ish. I'm 32, right? You love saying your age on this podcast. I mean, I'm grown, but <laughs> I think the, I think the thing is at 22, even still now in 2020 and 22, you still see that like, okay, you're working two, three jobs and you're in these situations and you might have made some mistakes, but you still today can, you still have some level of access to say, I can change this. I feel it. And that's all I'm saying. I'm not telling, I'm not taking away, I'm not discrediting your hardships or any of that stuff because it's real. I hope, I hope. I feel like after a certain age, you know, people are kind of just stuck in their way. Yeah, and that's their you know problem. I, mean? I hate to say it. Everyone's not gonna make it. Right, that's true. But you know, that's I also can't. a thing now. It's, it's, you but know, do you I think us? I, I don't want to say this, but it's gonna sound very. Can't help everybody. I hate to say, say it that. It. Way. I think as a black fine. community, do you think sometimes we leave too many people behind in that aspect, and we don't kind of when you figure it out or you see a, a leeway? Some people can't be saved. I mean, I think I think I most yeah. definitely think in community mode, but there have been. You'll see people who try to do community and they get cursed out. You know, um, some people have Stockholm syndrome. They think that someone opposite of them is their savior. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's ingrained. So there's some psychological things. There is trauma there that inhibits some people from not being able to move forward. You actually see that in the film. You actually yeah. do yeah, see people who sure. are dealing with certain traumas and just continue to like pretend everything's all good and no i agree with a you. Lot of that yeah. yeah no it's facts and i think that like we we haven't had the luxury to go to therapy and stuff like that and i think we're starting to get to that place mm-hmm. i like where black community is moving now 
Right. I Which love is it. what? I, I think we're, we, we, we are finally establishing a space and realizing we do have the time to work on ourselves. I think... People are taking the time. We've to do been working. Yeah, I think quarantine and, has helped doing that. To be yeah, honest, yeah, but I want no, 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 not even right. prior to quarantine. But really? prior to quarantine, like I think, I think quarantine been, for me I was. Quarantine yeah. has made a lot of people face themselves that had no option. But yeah, but it's it, been it, happening it for years now. It's been people have been woke, and I and that term is corny a little bit. For, it's been, for it's, a lot of people, but I just think that yeah. that that. Um, you know, people are more so saying, hey, I am going to therapy. It's not taboo. Like, why? You go to the gym and work out your muscles. Your brain is a muscle. Yeah. You know, and facts. I, and I think there's three levels. Like, I think there's surviving. I think there's existing. And I think there's living. So mm. me personally, I choose to live. That's something with Rick Warren, who's a pastor, wrote a book about that. Um, which one are you going to choose? You mm. know, so there's there is community, but there's also self and there's choice. Each of us have an assignment. You got to decide if you're going to, yeah. you know, fall in line and do that. So I think I think it's not one answer. It's it's, cool. it's all those things. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I think that, like, I used to tell myself a long time ago that, like, everyone has a cross to bear, whether it's big or small. But it's a, you have a cross to bear, right? And the faster you recognize that cross and, like, you know, bear witness to it and say, I'm going to, you know, carry it and mm-hmm. not, or, or figure out a way to get rid of it or, you know, diminish the weight, however you want to look at it, right? The faster you get along. And I think that, like, what she's saying is 100% true. Like, I think we really are in a space where we're starting to say, you know what? I'm going to make time for this. And I and I love it. And I think I think the fact, and I, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but I think we're in a really good place right now. And I love it. Um, I'm grateful for you making the film because it's... Oh, let's, let's be clear. I didn't make the film. My bad. For being in the film. My bad. <laughs> my bad, my bad, bro. <laughs> it's, all, it's all the... But you know the, what, the though? Great Garima. That's yeah, but you know what though? It's a team. Like, I mean, a matter of fact, look at films as an as as a catalyst to how everything works, right? It takes a team for these great products that come out to your streets. You played a role. He played a role. Ava DuVernay is playing a role. And I love it. Yeah, we all have to play a role in what's happening. If you don't like what's happening in your life or what's happening around you, the more people that stand up to that and figure out what's going on, the faster we get to a better place. I believe it. I believe it. Um, on to the next topic, you know. <laughs> not even on to the next, but you're sticking around for the for the rest of the show, right? Awesome, awesome. Um, so, speaking of other things that's going on right now, I do know that, um, you know, unfortunately, we're still on the same cases that we've been having conversations about as far as, like, Breonna Taylor's situation, you know, rest in peace. Um, the grand jury decided not to, decided only to charge one of the three officers that shot into her house. So, that has caused a lot of like pro correction um that officer got charged for, for shooting a wall for <laughs> yeah and he was actually a former officer he had already quit so at that point oh, he really was, they, so he, he wasn't even yeah, yeah honestly he was a scapegoat and it just comes brings back the question of just like you know in this situation that we're in as far as just dealing with the repercussions of what is happening and putting our faith in the justice system i think shit is just getting really really jaded and i think the fact that for us to pay but this why is it getting jaded i think this is important back to like or having the real conversation we just had prior right mm-hmm. the system's been broken the system's never worked in our favor it never so, has but i feel like it's is, is working as intended exactly it's, it's so working we, against so us yes we, you're right. we i think so I, are we I, supposed I, to accept it Wait. no 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 one's no 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 one's saying about accepting i think that what happened just like we were talking about having a cross the bay and understanding about existing and living you have to we have to start paying attention to understanding what it is, right? And then once you understand what it is, then you adjust. And you now you can't do nothing about getting shot, right? Yeah, like that, that's the Unfortunately, fight. That's yeah. the fight, right? That's the fight. But now when people are upset, unless with the justice system. Never mind. I had a stupid joke. 
when people are upset about the justice system, I understand your 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 anger and your sadness, but let it fuel you to understanding like okay what what's my role what do I need to do how do I change this mm-hmm. because well there, it, I, it's okay I feel to be angry though. no I didn't say that no no my bad if it sounded like but at some that. point no, you have angry. to do like something. you have to, like I don't expect you to be emotionless like I think I think the expression of emotion is what you're supposed to have you don't have no one of those expressions so then there's something you, wrong with you the way you're making it sound i'm just say this mm-hmm. i don't know if that's what you're trying to imply mm-hmm. but it definitely sounds that you're saying more so that this is what it is and we just got to live with the decision and then no i just i literally just said that we need to understand what role we need to play and how we can change. so what role, what role do you do what play? play do we play i think that like um i think that some to some extent um hopefully it sparks you know I mean, I'm not going to be the person. I hate to say it that way, but I'm not going. No, when I say that, it's <laughs> you're protesting. No, I'm no, no. What I'm saying is, I'm not going to become a lawyer because that's not, not my protesting. thing, right? I'm not going to be a lawyer. I don't know what the answer particularly is, but hopefully, it sparks the child, or you know, because there's a lot of kids going. Like, I, honestly, I feel for the kids. The younger generation is going to suffer that, so much. That's what I mean. But I do I hope think the kids say, "Oh, let me become a lawyer," so, or uh, whatever case would be. I don't know. But, one you know, of the things I would say is that I think this younger generation is being exposed to social justice a lot earlier than we did at yeah. our age. I don't Facts. think we were touching on these subjects as much evil. as we did. Well, it's a new Even when I would say, I think the first in- inclination yeah. for me to really pay attention was probably Trayvon Martin. That was the first time I really oh. started to like really pay attention. It wasn't even, I think that was the first time I really like took, a, oh, wow. started to really pay attention, I think, to how the justice system was working oh. against this. I mean, I've paid attention, but I feel like that one was the one that hurt me the most, being that I felt like. Even in my own neighborhood, wearing a hoodie and just certain people walking up on you or talking to you or looking at you a certain way. I think that one impacted me a lot more because I just saw not just me, but my brothers, my younger siblings, my cousins in that atmosphere. So and that I think, one, I think. And I was a little more mature at that point in my life. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I don't want to say sad, but, like, you know, it's kind of like and I, I think that plays a part in, like, our trauma and us not paying attention to what's really happening around us. Because personally, I was kind of brought up with the the mindset of like, like I remember when I first got a car, I was literally warned about the police. Like I was sixteen, so like the whole trade. My parents so, just said, "Don't crash." Yeah, like I didn't have that. Like I I was brought up in a household that was like, "You're a black man in this world. Be careful." I so this stuff is sad, disheartening, but it's not surprising to me. And I think the unfortunate part is that some people are surprised. And I think that surprise shows us how far back we are. If we weren't so surprised, I think that, cause right now it's, it's, it's like, it's like grief, right? You have to go through levels to get to the next place. Right. So I think that like, I think if anything is showing people or making people more aware that they're not as accepted in society as they thought they were. Like, I think the moment, at least for me, I never think to myself, like, I, I, maybe it's a problem and it's unfortunate that I've probably been conditioned this way, but I don't ever say to myself, they're like, oh, I am looked at the same way as that white person. So, like, I, I don't think that way. All right. So, I want to, so you were saying something about how, like, you know, the system is working the way it is. So, right now, um, we do have Supreme Justice Ruth Ginsburg, who did pass away. And, in that situation, it looks like we're going to end up having a Supreme Court that's going to be mostly conservative. And it's going to be a situation where now if we leave the decisions to them, which is more, more so likely, like Trayvon Martin's situation, it goes up to them. There's going to be situations where we're going to be disappointed. So then how do you move forward from that? I don't think anything's about to be different with her passing away. Me neither. Uh, I saw her. <laughs> I mean, I no, I'm glad different. you said that. I don't think she was. She was literally. She was not. I don't take she away her has, impact. She has a uh, most definite. I saw quite a few headlines where it was just like she was anti-black. Like, mm, let's not. I did not see this, that. The, 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 the 
time now is, is this. Like, I think a lot of ways that black people are able to move in motion is to kind of... Wow, I did not. I didn't know that. I, I know she fought for women's rights. A, a lot of yeah, what she did. I think. Was, she I think a lot of people. LGBTQ community. She she fought for women's rights, and that's the problem. Black people like to lump in their plight with every other group, and that's been part of the problem because they feel like if those other boxes are checked off, like we're good. Like no, you don't get the trickle. I mean, there's some trickle effects by default, but we're not it's ready. not directly so, focused on what's you. happening now is making people face the fact that we are not liked you know that's what's happening people are surprised because they're like they've been kind of lying to themselves about black people are this or black people are that but i truly think I yeah see, when they I say have, people of color that doesn't count color. black people it we're not people annoying. of color it's very annoying because if you Go talk to other people of color. Most of them are anti-black too. Yeah, honestly, I learned that literally like two months ago. There's, I know people that are passable or just will get opportunities that we won't get and consider themselves people of color. And that's it's nuts. It's convenient and it's trendy, right? So now. why, so why do we have so many white people who have checked the box um, black on applications and got these high jobs? And they can we had a it. professor at Georgetown recently who just had to step down who has been ten years. Was it G W? Yes. Okay, so oh, all right. <laughs> hey, it's all George to me. <laughs> By the end of the day, we had the fraud the whole time, and that's the thing, black people. Are and all she did was have curly hair, bro. She was a white woman. <laughs> She looked. Oh, she was a white woman. She ain't have no curves. <laughs> it was she like, couldn't even dance, but she was teaching the black <laughs> the black ladies how to was it salsa. She was Afro Latina for for five years. So, <laughs> um, that's part of the, that's the problem. It's just that we're too inclusive and yeah. it hasn't been beneficial to us. And um, we need to. So you asked me a question. You asked me like, what do I think the the solve how to solve some of stuff is. Honestly, I think finances have solved a lot of problems. I don't. You're a money man. I understand. It's not even just being a money man. I think people money don't understand. I don't think people understand like 50 the power of money. It's a fact. No, for real. Like, money's not important, but that's what we're all money, fighting about. Money. Money. So once we accept that money is very important, stop blowing it. And really, really decide like it's a tool for I us have to it. really move. <laughs> 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 no, he's looking at me crazy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, my man. <laughs> no, but I'm saying money, like money is the root have fun with it. Yeah, money, money. Really, so, but don't it, act it's like it's a lot easier to have problems with money than it is to have problems. With yes, you brought up Terrence Shea earlier. Who? Terrence Shea, you brought up Terrence Shea earlier. Uh-huh. I have th- th- it's it's small in the spectrum, but that man got into a whole car accident with a whole another woman, and we don't know what happened. We know what. Wh- no, th- no, we're not getting to that. We all, the no, point no, that, I, I get no, what you're the saying. The point that I'm making is that like. He used his money and his power to make it go away. Yeah, same and with Kevin Hart. I, Kevin I, Hart got into an accident. No, that didn't go away. That was just a regular. He was speeding, and he like that my was guy walked to his house with a broken back. Nobody walks on a broken back to their house to call right, the police. Right. Come well, on, yeah, I, no, no, yeah, me neither. That shit is I crazy. I don't care about none of that stuff. The point I'm getting at is that if you want me to answer the question of like how do we make change, um, we, I don't know how we get the police to stop shooting us. Let me just answer that. Like I'm not sitting. I can't talk to that. I think it I starts. Can't, you can't, you can't legislate love. We, yeah, cannot. Thank you. What, what you say that again? You can't legislate love. You can't do that. What you <laughs> can do, it. what you can do, is build your wealth and your and make you can you money can, ain't gonna protect you from so, the bullets. No, no, it can. It can. I think, I think, but what you can do, go ahead. I think that we we rely too much on like let's all be one 
when folks don't want to sit at the table with you. Create your own table. Unfortunately, I will say you yeah. with creating your own table. You're still ostracizing say, certain I'm people. Just say a lot of folks have a lot of folks that don't look like us have a, a steam issue because mm-hmm. we can create our yes. own. Oklahoma is, is an example. You know, our, our neighborhoods are. are, are they don't are, have any culture. They, they don't have, know who they, they are. There is something about us which this to me should be. This should be a fuel to mm-hmm. be like. Let me go get mine. There's something about us that bothers them. Us, the most res- we are people. literally the most resilient we, and powerful we, people th- in I history. Mean, think about think about historically. Like every other group mm-hmm. has went through some ostracization, and they uh, there's been a mass you know uh, mortality with with some of that happening. Black folks have survived circumstances that no one else has, and we're still here. Yeah. That is a very scary thing. You it know is. Thing? So. And it, it's scary for other people to see that and see how resilient we are, Absolutely. and they see that as a threat. So, and I think that's why they're scared. Really ingrain that. That to me is what fuels me to not survive or exist, but to live and just know, like, wow, it's no mistake that I was born into this skin. It's no mistake that I'm here. So, and Nipsey talks about that. It's called vertically integrating, right? So that's why consultants get the money that they vertically integrating, right? Who talks about it? Nipsey hustle. Yeah. So it's all about vertically integrating. Russell hustle. Hustle, bro. Russell. Well. You don't even listen to rap music. I saw him at um, the Broccoli Festival. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, actually, hair flips. I love it. <laughs> I saw, but no, that's what that's what it means to vertically integrate. If you notice, that's what white folks have been doing for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. When they they learn a skill set and they and steal they, it. No, slow down. You, so they go on a skill set, and then they say, "Oh, I know, I'm an expert at this," and then they go and create a business around it, and they still tell you the same shit they Google all the time, and now they have a business. That's called vertical integrating. Can I add to what you just said, Jay? Like, that's also, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We can literally look at what other cultures do and see what category they're winning in. And, you know, matter of fact, the Chinese store, the carryout that we love, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't eat that food. That's not Chinese food. It's they funny. Eat they don't but eat that. But you know I've never do? seen a Chinese person oh, at the Chinese food. The point. Oh. But like, not anymore. Let <laughs> me just say that. I don't I just have Panda Express. That's know. not Chinese food for real. <laughs> no, for real. It's not. It's like, American food. No, for real. It's not. It is. It is. It's not the carryout at all. It's it's literally. It's like, Americanized food for yeah, us. But it's not. And they say it's Chinese. Not touching any of but either way. That. Either way. Just put fried rice on it and then they'd be like, oh, it's Chinese. Yeah. Like, I thought it was crazy that I went to Ghana and they had like a Chinatown. Oh, speaking of Ghana, crazy. what's up with the chief, a Chinese yeah, chief in that, Ghana? Yeah, Can somebody please? I'm not Ghanaian. I, I don't have an answer for I that. I can't speak on I'm that. I'm just going to step away from that. I don't know. show you the esteem that black people as a collective. I think we're just too, oh, we're just too, we, we, just, uh, we open the door too often you know for too I many people. You know what else's approval, although you're like, oh, no one, sticks and stones don't break my bones. Like, words but you know, hurt, and that's what y'all care about. I, I'll say this, though, and because I think we're trying to... We, at least the conversation, I don't want it to, for our listeners to feel like we're putting down black people. I think that the, the ultimate points that we're trying to make is figure out what you're good at. Focus on that. Get money. Like, don't downplay the importance of money. When I say get money, I'm not talking about that hood shit. I'm talking about get like real money. Get some life insurance. Get some real shit going for you, right? Then the other part about that is like, I think that like, we need to really take time to say, um, we are good people. Everyone else really isn't. Like, everyone else really isn't. And I think it's the way I mean, things, there's the good way and things, bad in everybody. Yeah, we get that. We're not, like, yeah, we don't need, we don't need, that's a, that's a given. It's a given. We don't need to say that. Like, givens aren't necessary. Sheesh. But what I'm saying is, the reason that we sometimes get taken advantage this way is because of the people that we are. We, we, we're not, we're not mean people. We're not, uh, just like, we're not, yeah, we're not inherently evil people. 
That's why we, we that's why we open our homes graciously. I remember I used to take one of my friends home from school all the time. His mother used to always give me money for gas, and I'd be like, no. And he had to tell me, look, no, you say no. It's disrespectful. Kind of, it's disrespectful. I had to learn that. Yeah. But that. But the thing about me is, I was you didn't like, even need anything. You were doing it out of the generosity. Yeah, but that's just because the people heart. we yeah. are. And I think that other cultures take advantage of that kindness. Yeah. And, and it's a fine line because we need to figure out a way that we still be that person. Don't lose these things about mm-hmm. ourselves because we're such great people. But still say no. You not welcomed. Can I can I add to that? I actually had a conversation today with my best friend about how mm, you got other friends. Okay, good try. <laughs> people love me. <laughs> So um, I had a best I, I had like. a conversation. Okay, this, this is not all inclusive. This is about me. <laughs> I had a conversation today with my best friend about how Malcolm and Martin actually were friends. closer. They were friends. At the end, you know, they both died at thirty nine. That's a very that's scary. Age. That you is very scary. About that, but the impact that those folks made. I mean, if you watch the Malcolm X documentary, sorry to cut you off. Who you did though? Who became more like who at the end? I think MLK became more, more like, like Martin. Malcolm. I mean, by Malcolm, yeah. sorry, Malcolm. Kind of stay but, yeah. but they don't. But they don't but tell Malcolm us that. Malcolm was such a nice guy. But you. But this is the thing. To me, it was representative mm-hmm. of that balance. Like yeah. we are oh. ingrained to be a village folks. That's what we come from. Mm-hmm. But you do have to put up your fist sometimes. And yeah. So yeah. I don't. I don't aim to be a super Gandhi. Although Gandhi was flawed too. Don't get it. I heard Gandhi. Yeah, I heard some shit. Everyone about Gandhi. has flaws. Yeah. No, no, no. We're not just the all inclusive thing. He, he was anti-black too. That's what I heard. I mean, most of them were. So everyone has sources on what they heard. So I got sources too for the next topic. So go oh, ahead. Lord. We about to get to the ratchet the shit, y'all. Story, <laughs> we about to get to the ratchet the shit. Not like this conversation. Me too. Yeah. Everyone, everyone. Hey, TMZE about to hit. People want this conversation. At the end of the day, the moral of the story is we have to think smart and strategically, Mm -hmm. and we have the access, we have the resources, we have the money, we have the brain. We can make it happen. Even even the line people say, "Oh, you don't need school for success." What's the definition of success? You're essentially saying you don't need school to make money. Yes, you're right. You don't need to go to school to get money, but money, school is education. I get to sit in an institution with my white counterparts and hear some of their psyche, hear some of their thoughts. Like, yeah, you got to pick their brains. I'm using those tools as a strategy. So I say go to school and use it as a tool. I, get money and use it as a tool. Get your network and use it as a tool. Get your family, get your community and use them all as a tool. In order to elevate yourself, copy from the other cultures that are winning in whatever said category and make it work for you. Yeah. And if you, if you if you're not high enough to, to to think of yourself on a certain level, if your esteem is not there yet, and and, and, and let me let me make this correction: esteem, esteem is not like you are you arrive at this place and you're there. It's like it's a continuous work because yes. understand there's the physical stuff is. <sighs> To me, the easier stuff. It's that mental warfare, the emotional. The physical warfare. stuff is hard. I ain't gonna lie. No, I think the physical stuff is is the walk in the park. It's the mental and emotional warfare that constantly. No, she's right. Being, you know, decapit. Like we we are constantly being tested yeah. there. So I think it's always gonna be work. But yeah. think about your kids that aren't here. Think about their kids. Like set up your kids. That's something from other cultures. They set their kids up. Where they are, I think this generation. I think yeah, we're doing a better job. Yeah, I think, I think we're doing a better job. Like even us talking about investing in stocks and things like that. I know at some point I might not even see that money, but my kids' kids will possibly see whatever it is. And I, yeah, and I like think my mother put money in bonds and a lot of stuff that I didn't even know until now, and she's telling me I'm like, oh wow. So yeah. all this time has been accumulating money. So I think people are paying attention. They're I mean, getting there. I, I th- wish it was a higher degree, but I think I we're mean, doing. We have to, we're, we're four or five hundred years behind. 
Yeah. Like, let's be real about it, yeah, right? I love that. So, I love that, I think, yeah. I mean, we can go, I think, I mean, I, I'm saying this now kind of on the door, but I think we should have these conversations more often. But I kind of want to wrap this up. Let's be honest. Let's get into like the movies and the music and shit like that. Yeah. But I want to just say that like, as like a PSA, I guess, like black folks, you're good enough. You're smart enough. Don't think less of yourself. Even in the moments where you sometimes you feel less. Clip just that. know that you are good enough and don't lose who you are. Like, don't let society dictate how you should move and what you should be doing and none of that shit. Everyone's journey is different. And get money. <laughs> like, for real, no. Like, and I'm not talking about selling no shit. Like, do what you got to do if you no, want to No, no, sell that shit. Yeah, no. Like, because there's people well, selling the same shit that no, we create. No, we're not create. doing all that. We're not doing all that. Like, we don't need to be talking about everybody else. Do what you have to do to get to the next place. Don't stay there. Just understand that the block will be gone We'll be there longer. Like you shouldn't be there as long as the block has been there. Like you should need to move off the block. So you basically, if you're selling, on. if you're selling something at this point, you need to move on to the next thing. You just should use the money to like use the money to build to the next place. Like I like, think, like the things, like things, like invest your money in things that appreciate. Like get nice things, do your thing, make uh-huh. yourself feel good, do that. But like understand that, like you matter of fact, real estate, really fast. I'm gonna end this. I just promise you. I was about right? to say, Cat Williams said something similar yeah. to what you were saying. Like really quick, right? A lot of folks I've talked to, especially the younger ones, because they keep telling me weird shit and it's kind of weird. But the point is, like, everyone wants this dream thing, right? They want the end goal. And I keep pointing out what he said, OC said, because you can have the dream. Just understand it doesn't come in five, ten years. You don't know when it's going to come, but if you keep working at it, you'll get the dream. Mm -hmm. So, like, when it comes to, like, making quick money, here's a tip. Since people say, what do you need to do? If you have a few dollars, I'll tell you right now, it's just like a car. Make an OnlyFans. Shut the fuck up. The bank. I'm being. It's always paying you because you promote them a lot. Like shit. This nigga is like a fashion over motherfucker. Like this nigga collecting a check. But like. Hey, I'm trying to get us a sponsorship. Y'all ain't doing shit. Like no, you keep. Multiple podcasts we've talked about like no one knows the answer. I'm trying to give a tip real fast. The tip is the same when you buy a car, you don't have to put money down. The house, you don't have to put money down. You have to have good credit. Unfortunately, America is the only place that, credit, yeah. only, America's the only place that like relies on credit like this but you live in America so stop crying about it get your credit up right build your credit so if you go buy a home you need 3.5% down to buy a home and if you get in a certain program you probably don't need 3.5% right 3.5% plus a down payment X, Y, Z depending on what it costs but the catch is choose a decent neighborhood pay attention to what's happening in neighborhoods mm-hmm. because we talk about gentrification right Justify so you, that shit too. No, stop. Like, so what I'm saying, <laughs> make it black. I agree with that. Make it yes, black. No, we get it. Make it black. Get it. Don't, don't, worry about don't worry about it. I'm gonna come to your neighborhood and buy a house. Nigga. Guess what? I'm in the golf club. I'm in the golf. I mean, you know what? Fuck it. Conversation's over. Conversation's over. No, 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 no. No, the point I'm trying to get is because no. Why am I mad? Because I think that this is this is literally, in my opinion, sometimes the problem. And I get why we do it. We make the jokes and we do that, right? And I get it. But there's a time and place, right? And I'm not saying that, like, I'm, like, the guru this shit. But, like, we have to really start, like, I don't know how many, like, we talked about this one time. I don't know how many people are dealing with children that are doing virtual learning or, like, not paying attention or doing whatever they're doing. I see this shit on a regular basis. We talk about why the kids aren't doing what they're doing. It's because sometimes we, as adults... Make light of situations that are not supposed to be light of. Like, we have to say to them, you can laugh now and not laugh now. Like, we have to, like, you have to be very clear in your delivery and what's important. So long story short, like, whatever you're doing, put your time and your effort into it and it'll pay off. I was going to tell you how to get a house, but fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I feel like, That's you know. Podcast. 
<laughs> that is another podcast. Yeah. Ain't financial we should, shit. We should, we should do that though. We should do. We should give tips. Yeah, I mean, no, we should. I mean, yeah. one day we will reveal where we're recording, and people will be like, "Oh, he knows what he's no, talking about." No, no, that does that, none of that <laughs> matters. None of that matters. <laughs> yeah, we have little tidbits of information. I definitely we agree, but I wouldn't say that we're experts. We're not That's experts. the one no, thing. No, this is yourself, just general information. That being said, <laughs> if I'm it not, comes, I am not an expert. <laughs> Yourself. That being said, I think we should have a podcast regarding like kind of the pillars on how to really uh, truly strengthen our family. I said earlier yeah. that I'm not a protester because I think protesting is cool, but if you think that's going to answer all of, um, it's going to be a solution. It's not. There's literally a long list that to me is very powerful. Like we protested uh-huh. now. What's next? Stop talking about it. Stop marching. Actionary items. Let's make you have you have a lot of ideas for um, podcasts. So you got you got that extra like income to bring into the podcast and help us uh, <laughs> <laughs> gravitate this thing. Like for your ideas. I think it's really important <laughs> to, like, to most definitely step into. The <laughs> you don't agree in 50-50, so I understand. No, I, don't. I don't either. No, because we each have our own gift, and you yeah. should be. You know, really pushed and and. So you're gonna push the black man to spend all his money, and you. I, I'm gonna push the black man to invest in the highest. He's gotta believe in himself. He's had a household. And I'm going to most definitely support that. Oh. I'm gonna bring my gift. So is that is that the is that submissive? Is that the word that they use in that no, case? No, that's called uh, partnership. That's partnership. Partnership. Okay. Our partnership is not gonna look the same. We have different roles to play. Amen. I love it. Okay. And I that. You fucking talk that shit. I mean, I'm for real. Hey, Play your fucking hey, part. All I'm Play saying is, part. I brought her to that. Yeah, I brought but, her to but, that. But, 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 anything no, in life. Play your I, part, I, bro. I fooled you many a time. Hey, look. All right. All right. I, know, I know the name already for this one. This, this, this uh, I hear you. Uh, God. <laughs> see, I, I got a lot of ideas. Because we was all over the place with this topic. She, no, I she, got, she got a lot of ideas to throw out here. Oh, uh, she's smart. She's Ooh, smart. Man. I love it. All right. Um, so, you know, let's get back to the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I'm getting, all right, back to, I'm getting back to the music, dog. Um, so, for, as far as the podcast goes and what we're talking about, um, we did want to highlight um, the situation that Tory Lanez did release an album. Uh, just speaking a little bit more about uh, what happened that night, that faithful night, or whatever you want to call it. It's with faithful. Faithful? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. It sounded like you said faithful. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, Tory Lane said he ain't shooter. <laughs> that's it. That's the story. Um, and I think a lot of people are being very decisive in saying Tory shouldn't have spoken. Um, in light of the Breonna Taylor news, which means I, I, because of the Breonna Taylor case and hearing that what happened in her situation, they feel like it was ill timing on his part. But uh, yet a lot of people were clamoring for him to speak. So and he's in Canada. So I didn't I'll think say this. I, I say this. I don't know what happened. I truly don't care. We'll never know what happened. No, I, I don't care to know, what, know happened. what happened. I don't care to know what happened. Let me just say this, but I do think you don't care what happened. A black I don't. Ca- I didn't did. say that. I, said, I don't care to know what happened. I don't. I didn't say I didn't care what happened to her. I don't care to know the details of the story. It has nothing to do with. I me. know everything that happened. But I'll tell you. what I will say is, I, like I said on the last podcast, I think it's a problem that she felt the need to defend him. I think that's a problem, and I think yeah. the other problem is that, like, like, why did you make a whole like? Why did you make a whole album talking about this joint? I mean, I don't know what to answer for it. It's like no, but it's it's like why not? You could have just made a statement, like just get your lawyer drafts. Like honestly, I don't give a fuck. Like don't tell me the shit. Like, like like, why do we? Why do we live in? But you listen. 
I didn't listen to it because exactly. No, I listen to music. So point. Can I be honest with you? I didn't know what the album was gonna be like. So my literally, I woke up that morning and my man literally texted me and said, "Listen to this album." And I listened to it, and then I heard it. Album before this one. I did. It's all a marketing ploy. Tori did the. Uh, I don't think the, make money the, off this. the Hollywood thing where it's like I'm not gonna say a word. I'm gonna just make money off of deny, deny, deny. Which you know you shot Megan, and that's what happened. Uh, that's all we need to know. So, so you shot Megan. Okay, and, there, and you weren't warranted to shoot Megan. And of course, do you truly? So, do you truly believe that this man shot a woman? She then got back into the car with him. And then from there... Did she get back in the car? Because of the well, I saw was she was backing up and then the car... That was the police the telling her to get out of the car. So at the end of the day, what I'm saying is that I think a lot of the, both of their stories have holes in it. I, I don't... I think that somewhere in the middle, both of their... There's a truth somewhere in the middle. I don't believe that neither there's of them are telling the truth. Do you think Megan got shot? Possibly. Why is it possibly? Why is that hard for you to believe she got, she got shot? She was twerking on a boat a week after. I think if you get shot in your foot, it will be very hard. I, I tore my Achilles. I was on bed rest for almost. Uh, he was all, pregnant, y'all. I wasn't. <laughs> was on bed rest. I was hurt. I was hurt. Doctor's order. I'm just saying. Baby was danger. Okay. All right. At the end of the day, I di- I think somewhere in the middle is the truth for both of them. I do believe she did get. Uh, I don't believe the bullet completely hit her. It was possibly Who a graze. Was shot by? I don't know. We don't know. Nobody there's knows. Four, oh, they know, there's people who know. There was four people. I have sources that. too. Who's your sources? I'll tell you my sources later. But anyway, my sources have indicated that uh, Tory Lanez actually was TMZ hits again. <laughs> no, oh, but man. honestly, I'm hearing different. St- Tory already spoke his p- piece, and everyone said they wanted him to what say what he said, money? regardless of if he's. Why would he get on an album and say, "Yeah, I shot her." Why would he? Why would he? Why would he walk? He, he, he. Everyone has said he apologized. Why would you need to apologize if you didn't do anything? Because they both were lit, supposedly. I have no idea. I don't know what kind of liquor that is that makes you want to go. Shoot. The same liquor I've that never, I've never in my life heard of such a liquor. Do you know? Do you know which liquor? That I've is? seen a lot of people do some really crazy stuff is on that liquor. The liquor is that the individual? You can blame it on both. No. Okay, so, so can we agree? News, um, what came out? No, let's finish oh, let's, this. Let's, let's finish this. Oh my god! Okay. No, we're gonna finish this because at the end of the day, we're both we're we're both saying the same thing. I agree that she definitely got shot. Something happened. Who would have shot her? There, there's they, all of them. I don't believe people in the car. Who would have shot her best friend, the security guard? Who knows? It probably was him, but I don't think that it was a volunt. I don't think he said, "I point the gun at you and I'm shooting you on purpose." I don't believe that. I don't believe he intentionally shot her. I don't think she said he intentionally shot her. I think he said she just said he shot her. Exactly. He shot her. But that doesn't change the... They probably were playing around. They were both doing some drunk shit in that car from what I I think. I think it's easy to play with nuance. Yeah. And the album he's talking about, he talks about a lot of the issues. I didn't listen to it specifically, but from the snippets I've heard... You listen to it. No, oh wow! <laughs> it's I'm not, okay. I'm not upset. Like it's no big deal. You anyway. Don't talk about upset because you got mad because we got mad at you for saying residue farm. So don't <laughs> say nothing said, to us. And then you got a defensive about it. Don't any, don't look at me. Crazy. Huh? When did I say that? You did. We looked at each other and said, oh, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> but you see, we didn't say nothing to you. We let you rock. So y'all just let tonight because we didn't want you to. Because we're crazy. drinking and smoking hookah. You were sober. You said residue wrong. You were saying residue wrong sober. Jelani, step out. 
Hey, don't come for me, dog. <laughs> this shit is still recorded. I'm gonna no, edit no, all of it. So much anyway, um, so at the end of the day, I do believe that the, the the truth is somewhere. It lies somewhere in the middle. I have no idea what it happened. What happened? I don't think nobody will ever find I out what happened. I don't know what led up to the events. <laughs> Megan was shot. Tori shot her. <laughs> <laughs> We're not laughing about her getting shot. We're yeah, not but that's a problem. I feel like black women. So why can't he defend himself, though? We didn't say that. No one said that. very radio silent, and then an album needed to come out for him to speak. Knock it off. So that being said. I will I say this, because like, I listen black, to the album. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, I just feel like black women need to like have so many like precise receipts at 1023. <laughs> but y'all do that, though. <laughs> but that's what y'all do. So I just feel like it's really sad, and, and, and unfortunately, it's why what happened with Breonna Taylor, like why it went down, like the black woman's life is not um, is not valued, and I am not a feminist. <laughs> I got She's a womanist. I'm a womanist. Look it up. What were you about to say, Jay? I think you said something. I don't know for it. I don't really want to talk about this anymore. I feel you. Why? I mean, my, my sis is in pain. Why? Why don't you? A black woman got hard. I mean, honest with you, because I don't care about Tori was hitting her and, and her best friend. I'm gonna tell, tell y'all right now. Black women and black men. Like Tori, I said it already. Tori like, was hitting both of them. Where did you get that from? My sources told me and indicated that oh, Tori was sleeping with both of these young ladies, and they found out that day in the car after he was flirting with Ky- uh, Kylie. It's not a joke. I'm being dead ass. That's supposedly what happened. But regardless, two individuals have two different stories. And yet, I feel like everyone was asking, Tori, speak your line. Speak, speak. And when yeah, he finally I mean, did. He's like, yo, let me make this change. Yes, yeah, I mean, Jay, you're the only person who listens to the album. I would love for you to just say what you thought of the album. Simple. You don't have to say whose side you're on, but tell me what All you. All right. The album's good. It's Tori Lanez. He's a great artist. He didn't really shit on Megan the whole album. He shit on everyone else that came for his neck. Oh, my bad. So, um, the album's really good. Tory Lanez, frankly, he's a good artist. Um, I think that he's a great artist, actually, to be honest with you guys. Something, I think he's a great storyteller. Um, outside of that, he didn't really shit on Megan the whole album. If anything, he sounded sad about how Megan treated him after the album. I mean, after the situation. But if you're talking about like whose neck he came at, he came in everyone else's neck. He didn't come at Megan's neck on the whole album. He was really upset with everyone else. They kind of just made him guilty until proven his innocent. Proving guilty, whatever. Yeah, yeah guilty on innocent. Yeah, yeah, that. So that he was mad at everyone else. So he didn't really, honestly, he didn't really shit and shit on Megan. He literally said the only. The, it sounded the, like he missed her from the snippets I heard. He sounded like he was kind of hurt, honestly, and and honestly, he's a little hurt by her for feeding into it. And I think he sounded like he was more hurt by everyone else that he thought was his friend. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounded like. And so, if you ask me why I don't want to talk about it, it's because of the fact that like I heard her story, and I mean, I'm not going to say her lie to you, like. I think there's a lot of fishiness in her story. I said that from the first, from the jump. I think some fishiness in her story. I do think that, like, it's crazy that she felt the need to defend this man because at some extent I do think he shot her. Now, do I think that, like, it doesn't matter what I think. I don't, I do, I I do think he shot her. Let me say that. I do think that happened. Um, What events around why he shot her, I don't know. There's um, no reason why he should have shot. That's why I'm not getting yeah, to those yeah. events. That's why I don't care to be honest. There's with no you. excuse. For yeah, that's why. I'm get, that's, yeah, that's, that's why I'm not getting to. There's never been a gun or bullets in the first place. Period. It really doesn't matter where it lies in the truth. Megan did get shot. Like everybody's yeah. confirmed that. Um, I yeah. I have no other reason to believe it's not Tory. But regardless of the fact of the matter is that the people, this woman went through some trauma. Like getting shot is traumatic. You know what I'm saying? It's traumatic. This this woman is is a survivor. So 
for us to be like, oh, Atari, it's entertainment for folks. This is somebody's life, and I honestly, like, it's just sad that we're even going back and forth about this. I'm not going back and forth. I agree. I'm all for women. I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm over it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I, at this point, oh, they're both milking. We're not going to talk about Cardi B's divorce. Oh, I wasn't going to mention I just want to make sure. Why not? Because it doesn't matter. I agree. I, I was hoping y'all would Who gives a fuck? I didn't care about... I mean, I thought it was funny. Do you think that people want to hear about it? No, we know. We're people talking don't. about it. We're, no, no. We're talking about it. We're moving on. My point is... So we're not talking about Cardi No, B. we're not talking no, about Cardi- it. talk about what people think about... No, no. You know, not talk about Cardi mm. B. You mm. called them hood book. All right, never mind. I, mean, I, did, call, no, I did call them hood book. I okay, did say that. Can I say this? I did. I did. I saw, I'll say about it. I don't I care. I don't care. I saw a headline that said... Um, said father said that... That's what he gets for marrying a lady who has more money than him. What do you guys think about that? Oh, wow. I, mean, I don't that's messed up after all his dad has been through and Offset was still there for him. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Movie? What did his what dad happened? do? His dad was so a deadbeat. His dad was Super like deadbeat. a deadbeat, like a drug addict, you know, and Offset was still reaching out to him and his dad wouldn't like, his dad was hiding from um, like wow. drugs and doing, and Offset was still like, I don't care what you've done. I have money for you. I have, you yeah. know, I still have love for you. And they actually have a video where they kind of embrace each other. Uh-huh. And it's, you know, very touch. That is moment. messed you know, up. And just for him to say this now, it's like, damn. Yeah, you I know, didn't know he said no that. Idea. And you know, what's interesting. Okay, we could touch on it, and from that standpoint, <laughs> no, because that's that's more that's that's more like. Look at her contributing to the pod. Yeah, but like I think it is. Just sad. make sure. But you know what hey, that says? Annual about fees offset? are due on Monday. What you, you said is true, and I kind of forgot some of that stuff. Was true. His his first, I was called father of four. Oh yeah, that you know was what I'm saying? Like you I, got I think four kids. It doesn't. Yeah, that's not cute. Whatever. But the he point, got five now with Cardi, right? No, that's four. Anyway, look, I think like <laughs> this nigga slow. <laughs> I can't even help myself. <laughs> No, well, uh, anyway, I just think How that was like I, also, I think that keeping track. I think that like Offset and Cardi. <laughs> I think one of the reasons I don't want to talk about it is because I, what I actually do really see is two young people that actually are in love and want to make it work. Is but don't know how to. I don't know. I'm not quantifying it. Why I don't, are you yelling? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Look at me. I was like, I don't know. I got defensive. I don't know. All I'm saying is, these are people that like are trying to break their generational curses in their way, and they probably don't have the tools. That's all I see. And I think that's part of. Remember, I was talking about pillars. I think we should talk to our kids on how to be in relationship with each other, so mm. we can strengthen. I think that's part of the issues. Like we a lot of times spend so much time dissing each other. Like, we really should put that as a foundational thing in our community, like how to be in unison with each other. Question, do you think that we fall in love with other people before we fall in love with ourselves? I think that that is Yeah, definitely. Sure. You hide. Yeah. I, I said that, that kind of rhetorically, but I, yeah. I think that is most definitely a percentage. People um, do that just so that they can Because they don't want to be on themselves. Because are still married to each other, but a lot of us have turmoil because we never really had either a good example or we just have so much messaging that just really pits us against each other you know and sometimes we're taking on other people's fights and yeah I, i'm with it um all right so switch we're still on music so might as well just discuss all the new music yeah that come so up. We, let's just transition slightly right so that was Pope, a transition no it's, i got you so like code red <laughs> came out right you just want to talk about the songs you like yeah. code, code red came out aka yeah. money bag young black youngsters album <laughs> blah yup you two will see the transition right we talking about cardi and you know all of a sudden now we're going to money bag young and uh all, i mean black youngster i like it a lot actually you like that hood rash i mean I honestly i like some music whatever you want to call it i like that like 
braggadocious talk. Like, and then on top of that, I think that one of the reasons I like that type of music, just to kind of like give like a background on who I am, is because I think those people or people from that life, they from the from, trap life. If you could say that, just the streets or the hood or whatever you want to call it, I think they speak from a place that's just kind of like, to to an extent, honest because they aren't used to having things. Mm. So it's like you can. It's almost like this is their expression of happiness, right? And it's kind of dope. Like, yeah. So to an extent, to an extent, because sometimes it's not that. Because like Moneybag is called Me Versus Me, right? And uh-huh. then he had said something. I was so, I was gonna listen to this album, but I, said, honestly, I couldn't. And I think it's just my cool. algorithm doesn't fuck with it. Well, you know, all you have to do is press um, download. But anyway, <laughs> and you broke your algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> but like, even the song Brain Dead, where he got featured Ari and shit, like, I think that was kind of cool. Who? Like, Ari, his girl. Yeah. All she does is twerk. I didn't and know she could sing. Black Youngster, people think he's just like, ho, ho, bitch, whore. You know, he's. That's all he does. Yeah, but he has a song called Truth. Exactly. It is, though. It is, though. That's literally what we know him for. It shows you that they know how to market, at least back youngster, right? Because what happens is he. Whore. Because he does that, right? He does that. No, he does that, right? And then he has a song called Truth Be Told where he talks about his family. He talks about his family, his dad, all the time. I don't want to hear nothing about black youngster's life. I'll be honest. But you know what's funny? No, hold on. I can get too funny about you saying that. No, let me break it down. I've never been a fan of his music. Give me a second. Let it tie together. It's interesting you say that because black youngster, regardless of what what he portrays, he's probably. The epitome of a lot of the kids that grew up in the city right now that don't have their father around, that the aunties uh, is on drugs and their mother on drugs or whatever it is, and he's literally talks that he tells that story. So now you don't like. I understand why you don't necessarily want to hear it. Exactly. But guess, but guess what though? He had a song called but, Booty Meat. Slow down. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, you you like the joints on Instagram. I Shut fuck up with that shit. Yeah, all right, OnlyFans. But, um, <laughs> but the point is, like, like stop acting like you like. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to find it. No, 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 no. Why did I say that? I don't know. You nasty. You nasty, nasty. <laughs> hey, it's just, no. Safari got one. He getting paid, and his wife let him. Why do you know that? Everybody knows Safari. I didn't know that. I learned that just now. Well, Safari has an OnlyFans. I don't know what is on there, but... Eddie, men are nasty. (laughs) Nasty. This nigga loves OnlyFans. All right. You know what? You you were back in the day. You like Safari? The Uh, Pornhub. What you want? All the Pornhub codes? He got the OnlyFans codes. I'm I'm done. You know what I like about Safari? Safari doesn't... He's a cornball. You know that, right? Straight. What? That's fine. You don't like corny guys, though. she like his body. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, but listen, I like, you know why I like about Safari is like he, you can see that he really tries to make himself happy. He doesn't mm. fall into a certain box. Like we love to throw like this really small box of what black men are supposed to be in. And I, I love that Safari's like, I'm going to be. A cornball. <laughs> no woman him. says, I'm going to date him because he's a cornball. I like I, him. Let me tell you, I like corny now. Uh, every I, girl likes corny when they saw his DMs drop or whatever it was. Whenever his yeah, news. I like women get older and they're like, yeah, I can take a look. Look, I've been saying yeah. for years. <laughs> I saying for years. I corny you know, niggas are the ones that win. Not, not wacky. Drake. You, you know what it is? I think as you get older, you realize that that, you know, that hard stuff is all a facade. It, it's another, it's a man with a self-esteem issue that has to inflate himself and put on a presentation. And I feel like we're getting authenticity with Safari. But girls, it's authenticity. Like young men can't do that because at that young age, they're going based off of like... What, what women likes. Women. Yeah. Uh, so they're like, I got to put on this facade. You, and let's so be by honest. The time, by the time they get older, it's like, they're stuck in that facade, but the women exactly. are like out of that. They're like, all right. Yeah, women 
women will grow out of it, but there's some girls checking for it, and then they be mad that these younger girls is pulling what up to your boy in the this? caddy. Earlier, we were talking about. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna. I said it's funny. We were just talking about this actually. We were just saying like when they were like somebody said something about like women want this that, and the other. And I was like, no. If you position yourself as a certain type of woman, you're not going to even find those. So, like, it's the same way for men and women. Like, if, if you, you have money, yourself, honestly, I feel like you can get any woman. You said money? Money. Bro, no. Let me tell you something. Any woman. I'm sorry. Let's honestly. If you only have one checkbox, you're going to get up. If you're only looking for one. Yeah, if you're only looking for certain so things. So, my thing is, if that's what you want, if you just want a woman that wants you for your money, don't be mad when that's what she wants you for. If you're broke, most women aren't going to even deal with that. No that's one was trying true. to. That's not true. You got a lot of pick out here. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I feel like. <laughs> There's plenty of, like, I'll build with you. Like, you have plenty of that. I'll be 50 50 with you. I'll take care of you. I'll be your new mom. Like, <laughs> there's plenty of that going on. Please, knock it off. Like, no, I think we need to be, again, that's another pillar for our new podcast coming up. That <laughs> we, we really invest in building up your character. Mm, nigga, get money and <laughs> MOV. But you see how contradicting that message is? It's like, money is not important, but it's just like, get money, that's all you need. That's all you need. Like, I'm telling you the cheat code, fellas. Home, look, 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 look. Money, I'm an OG. Go to therapy. I'm an OG. Books, go to school. Listen to me. Use it as a tool. While you're in school, don't just learn from the books. Get the network. Pick their brain. Strategize. Make them work for you. I, we were talking about the music yeah. before you went on your rant about yeah, so Safari. What's my music, though? So, Co Red came out. What else came out, though? Um, um, Bison Tiller uh, put out a deluxe album. Bison. He did? Really? Uh, it was a deluxe album from the first album, Trap Soul. Oh, the you, first You know why album. he did that? Because he, he knows he could have read. The second album wasn't hit. He had a second album? He had a second. Exactly. The second album wasn't good. And then he was. Bryson Tiller knows to choose the right, choose the right beats because his voice. So, uh, Bryson Tiller's album came out, and based off of what I heard, it was just not where it was supposed to be at because he released a he released a deluxe album of an album that's almost three to four years old. It makes no sense, and he only gave us three new songs. So I think he realizes that he couldn't recapture whatever he had that buzz of trap soul on that other album that came out, which I don't even remember the name. That's how forgettable. It was actually called Trap Soul, so you actually didn't forget it. No, no, the album the after one. that. Oh, the second one. Yeah, the second one. Yeah, exactly. You don't remember the name. Exactly, uh, exactly. it's very forgettable. Well, so with this new, with the deluxe album, he released three new songs on there. Worthwhile? So huh? Are they worthwhile? I didn't even listen to it because I I went to his concert for Trap Soul before. Like, I oh, for real? Yeah, I've experienced Trap Soul. Who'd you go with? <laughs> I can with you. Wow. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. I'm I'm like, <laughs> this was ages ago. Was like, um, I'm joking. I'm joking. But, um, other than that, like you know, that was dead. Um, but I just want to say the greatest rapper of all time did release his deluxe album. AKA who? Jay Z didn't drop nothing. AKA, don't forget the baby, Little Wayne. Little Wayne dropped Carter Five deluxe so album with ten new songs, and honestly, it was a far cry from the first one. It was way better. Lil Wayne? Lil Wayne. You don't fuck with Lil Wayne? See, this is why we need to... I gotta get you into music. I don't support Lil Wayne. Why not? Is he problematic? Yes. He don't do shit. Next podcast. (laughs) 
Anyway, based off of that, um, Carter Five was good. I don't know if anybody else here listened to it. That was part of the new music that I listened to, and I honestly thought it was way better than whatever he put out last time. Um, as far as that, um, other than that, I think that's for new music. I, I listen to Brent Fiez. I don't even know who signed his Fiaz. Fiaz. Whatever it is, I don't, I'm not good with names. I'll be the first Obviously. to say. <laughs> I'll be the first to say, but that album was phenomenal. I mean, it wasn't even an album. It was actually a new track, um, Walking with the Dead, or Dead Dead Man Walking, and I thought it was dope. I really enjoy his music. Um, I've been told he sounds like a, uh, a weekend that grew up with black people. So I hate when people compare people to The Weeknd. Like, The Weeknd's the cool, weekend but like... He didn't, he didn't grow up with black people? The weekend he did, he, but he grew up in Toronto. It's very mixed. Yeah, it is different. Yeah, it's very different. Which is why Twenty Nines wasn't able to like. Never mind. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Can we also mention the fact that um, Ari Lennox is coming out with a new album called Chocolate Pomegranate? Her album titles are just amazing to me. Like, I don't know what that did to me when I heard that. Shea butter baby. Yeah, I love her. Yeah, Ari Lennox is dropping a new album. She's I love from DC. Shit. Oh, he's yeah. like a fun fact. I used to work with her. What? Yeah, we worked on a cruise ship together. We used to work on <laughs> Oh, shit. No, 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 no. So we worked um, at the waterfront on this cruise ship called Spirit Cruises. And she was a singer slash waitress. That is dope. That Yeah. And then there's like, you know. Okay. Was she a cool-ass person like she is now? Because I feel like the person we see on Instagram and like the internet. Nah, that was her. That's who she uh, is yeah, now. She's she's very, yeah. yeah. Like, she feels so raw. Even on Twitter and her lives that she does when she's really interactive with her friends. I, I fuck with her person. I don't say corny show like this often, but I feel like she'd be the homie. You're very corny, So do, do, does that uh, cruise ship still do their thing? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't been down there. That was like 2000. I was like, yo, I heard cruise ships lit, bro. You heard a lot of cruise ships. Well, this is not like I heard a lot of cruise ships. <laughs> <laughs> so when you told me that, a lot of stuff went through my head. Like, bro, you was on a cruise ship? Yeah, her album's about to drop Friday. Her album's dropping Friday. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm excited about that. Me too. That was like some really good news. I love yeah. her. her. Her last album was really good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Her features like, on Dreamville were really good. As like well. honestly, you know how like those new singers like LMA, her and all the. I think she's like the number one. I, I feel like Snow is the number one. LMA, no. I only know that one song. Yeah, no, he said Snow Allegra. No, Snow Allegra no, don't. And that one, all of the feels is cool. Snow Allegra's the last picture. No, it's good. No, it's good. Great. But it's she's not Ari, bro. Ari, Ari, got, Ari got that scene. thing. She, she like Love Jones out here, bro. Nah. She got an energy. I don't just... know. Did y'all listen to all the films? Yes, we heard it. You just got the R&B. That's why you probably feel like this is the greatest thing I just ever. got into R&B. Are you yes. kidding me, bro? Yes, you're like three you years old. I do. That's what I'm saying this. You know no. I do. I do. That's what I'm saying this. I listen to The weekend. He doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you like his last album? Yes. Okay. My God, the first <laughs> you know did you like it? Whoa. I like it. Oh, okay. No, the first single said, I don't need a bitch, I'm what the bitch need. <laughs> you but see, but see that's the that. thing, right? RB RB is more than just singing. Like of I think, course, it's yeah, all but about like, speaking of it's, it's all about the, the image that you're painting and serenading either your partner yeah. or whatever. But you know like the I dream and the, 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 the you know uh, Yeah, but the week yeah. but the reason you like the weekend is because he's just like Drake and that don't really count as RB. No, he's not just like Drake. He's, he's just like Drake. Drake. No, he's Drake because they're both toxic and they talk the same type of language. So you're just saying I like toxic people who talk about toxic. It's it's R and B for the most part. <laughs> Lil Wayne is No, Lil Wayne's deluxe album was really good. He's, Those first he's, 10 tracks he's, he's are toxic. amazing. 
He's I mean, toxic. we need a lot. Look, we not monolithic. Look, look, we not monolithic people. Oh we need a little toxicity in life. Wait till Future drop this new album. Y'all got to stop saying that. Y'all got too comfortable. That's why you talked to y'all like that in the last time. High off life. Let's go. All right. Anyway. So, Ebro interviewed students that went to Howard University, and then he also interviewed Nas, Rhapsody, Wale, and Little Baby. And they did like little performances on different parts of Howard University, and I think it was really dope that they did that. Um, and it just honestly shed light on HBCUs because we should go to HBCUs, especially athletes. I like what Chris Paul's been doing, and that's why. We're we're, an HBCU yeah, but also like, why? Like we all we got to shift the power, right? The power structure. So it's kind of one of those things. Like I know you were saying earlier that like why Howard University, but who gives a shit? It's I feel HBCU. Like the Howard University is the only HBCU everyone talks about. Though. I mean, it's North Carolina. Honestly, it's anti- not well, a I mean. To, to kind of understand, no, I hear you, but like to answer that question, I mean, they might only talk about them, but the number one HBC in the country is North Carolina AT. University of Maryland Eastern Shore is number 10 on that list. Um, Morgan State is number 8. What about FAMU? We don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I don't know. Only the schools that I actually like. My sister went to AT. I went to UMS. My sister went to Morgan State. So Hawk I checked them. Um, so yeah, Hawk Pryor all day. So like that's why I looked at those. But yes, they say that about Howard University. But I think it's just because of the homecomings and like Diddy went there and little shit like that. But yeah. but everyone knows there's other HBCUs. Not just Diddy, Biggie went there. Biggie didn't go to college. Where you hear no, that? No, Biggie went there to perform. Like, oh, it's, man. it's huge performances, legendary. Yeah, Howard for the, yeah for the homecomings, like I mentioned. Yeah. But, I mean, outside of that, I think that's just what it is. But I think it was dope that Apple Music allowed that to happen. So there's that. I, I, I Check it out. It's on Apple Music. It's, yeah, I saw some of the performances. I thought it was well done. Um, I saw the Wale and the little Baby joint when he was on the staff. Okay. I'm not familiar with the university, before, well, with the campus itself, but I heard that most of the performances were in, like, really significant spots of the university. So yeah. that's pretty dope. Um, but other than that, that was dope. Um, I appreciate you being here, like, that brings a lot of like implications to what what we're dealing with as far as education, and not only that, just the time and place we are right now in 2020. So moving forward, that's something we definitely pay attention to. And we look forward to seeing you more stuff, man. For sure, man. I mean, sure. what's next, dog? Next. I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. I'm the good part is, right the good part is this man is working. You know, I, I don't want to say it, but <laughs> this man's working. I know this might be too soon, but you know, Black Panther, all of that. Like, you know, you're Nigerian, go in there, dog. Like Marvel. You know, you got I feel like nobody can replace him, man, at this point. You're right. You know it's I mean? over. He's already created his own, you know, legacy with that film. So, so yeah. you think Black Panther two should be cut? No, it's going to be a woman because in the comic books, it's actually his sister who takes over. So, so he it, really dies. He doesn't die, but he gives it up at some point. So his sister in the comics actually becomes the next Black Panther. So hopefully they follow. There's a way to transition it if they really choose to, which would be cool to have a Black princess as the black, the next Black Panther. I mean, Marvel's trying to do this whole women empowerment thing. So put a Black woman in charge. Go ahead. Make it happen. That'd be fire. That'd be yeah. dope. I'll watch it. Shit. She'll be, she'll be punishing. It's cool. She was way more aggressive than me. Right. I feel like the only way they can do another Black Panther film is if they change the direction completely like they do with the Spider-Man films. Yeah. Like uh, almost like a revamp. Like that, yeah. revamp I don't think they're going to do that. Because at this so point, I mean, most of the people, only one person signed on, that's the Thor guy. But everybody else is too old now. Robert Downey Jr. is 55. The other guy is... Really? Yeah, he's actually really old. <laughs> he's really? tired of getting in shape. <laughs> they can see Jai's body. Yeah. <laughs> he said he's tired of it. And then the... Captain America guy, he's already giving it up to the black guy, so 
we got a black cap in America, mm-hmm. but people still get a shot. So, oh Jesus, that. okay, what is that? But um, yeah, I mean, that's it. We can go. We can push into parking tickets at this point. Um, hold on, let's just talk about Lovecraft Country. We don't got to get too deep. If you haven't seen Lovecraft Country, check that out. It's really good. Um, what what is it, Joy Peel? It, it, it uh, is. And so, it's, it's also um, Jussie Smollett's sister. Yeah, she's in it. She does Journey? Journey. I'm kind of impressed with her on the low because she had... A lot of people didn't know that. Yeah, if you know anything, you should know that. Well, she she's the... She's the actress in the family. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah, she was. She was in Freedom Jesse's Riders. Killing, we don't know. Bro, we don't know anything about Jesse before Empire. That's true. Um, she's the actress in the family. She's a star. But anyway, no. When I saw her in there and she's acting, I was kind of like, oh, you keeping a job? She's like, actually it's dope. Like, the I, director of the actual show on Underground. On underground. So, Jordan Peele. Yeah. No. No. The He's producer. There's, there's a show called The Underground. Yeah, and just John Legend's joint. Yeah, whoever the producer, the person who directs uh, Lovecraft, she actually brought her. Oh, John Legend, yeah. Okay. So it was pretty dope. So I, they worked together yeah. before, but she actually had to fight for her role, which uh-huh. I really found impressive. You're right. Yeah, that was dope. Actress. Yeah, and then who else was? What's the other joint we talked? We watched um, the Black Nigerian one. We talked about before. Um, Can you show what Lovecraft is about? Um, honestly. I was to be. I mean, if you can, honestly, I can't really articulate it's what hard it's about. To explain it. I can't really, honestly. I can't tell you that right now. Honestly, I'm this. I really, one of the reasons I love this show. I can tell you this much is because it's like a horror film. It's black people. It's just like I love how Jordan Peele like has a spin on like horror with black folks, and then like his take, even like how he's putting racism into the mix. Like honestly, I'm just like. I'm just on for the ride at this point. Like, I just enjoy it from that standpoint. It's refreshing. So I can't tell you what's about to answer your question. I don't know. So like, the book is an ad- it's actually. An I was ad- about to say it's a book. Yeah. yeah. So it's an ad- it's an adaptation yeah. of a book that Jordan did read, and he brought the idea to someone. And the director is a woman who actually did it. Uh-huh. So Jordan is more so just a producer, and it's his studio. He greenlighted it. Yeah. Okay. So he gave greenlighted, but um, it puts black people basically as an anthology series. So which means that every episode is completely. Different. Yeah, that's why I noticed that. But yeah. there's this thing, there's this nuance like that's continued. That is continue. like similar, but for the most part, every episode is completely different. They focus on different characters. But hold on. Not to too deep, but like, there's there's a part of the story that's continuous. Yeah, though. there's a yeah. part. Okay, of the, all right. Yeah. I noticed every different seen. situations. If you remember, they put black people in situations that you'll see Indiana Jones in, right. or people yeah. niggas in space or some shit like that. They did, because we watch these movies and we continually see white people in these spaces, we never see more movies or thrillers in these cases where black people are put into these situations and live. To be honest with you, we see all these dudes do national treasure, they still in the constitution and living. Yeah. Black people don't live in those movies. We die yeah. the first 10 minutes, but these are black characters who live through these movies and uh, the movie basically speaks on that and it's just different, over the show I would say. It just, it, HBO did a great job producing it. The acting is all top notch, and That's everyone really good. brought their A chops. This thing's A chops. Where he read that at? <laughs> he pulled that out of some book he read, some review he read, some no, music. Honestly, I love the movie. I love the show. I keep saying it's a movie because it feels like a long ass movie. Yeah. It's great. Like every Sunday, I I sit up and I I pay attention and I have to yeah. watch breakdown videos because episode five was so dope. If you haven't seen it yet, like, episode a black five. woman taking over. Like, I was gonna tell what it was about. Oh. <laughs> So I just want to give some background. The the two main characters is Journey Smollett and Jonathan Majors. I've seen through three episodes and I was like, what exactly is this? Mm -hmm. But uh, essentially, the precedence of uh, the start of the show was, um, I think, what's the main character's name on the show? I'm never good with that. The black guy. Okay. (laughs) 
I never remember the characters' names. I just feel like I know what's happening yeah. and I rock with it. I know it's, I it's, like, it's supposed to be based out of the 1950s and they're they're going. They're also dealing spot. with racism and monsters. Like, come on, bro. That's it's, it's very unique. It's a very unique storyline. And it's based. So Lovecraft was actually the author. So Lovecraft, the guy himself, was actually an author that wrote books, but he was a big racist. So them naming the book or even Lovecraft the Country Lovecraft is low key playing jokes on him for the simple fact that he used to write these horror stories and he was such a racist man. So now they're like Lovecraft Country. So I love the fact that they even did this in that aspect, just playing on the name of Lovecraft and what that is. It's, it's, it's good. So there's so many like Easter eggs into that. I'd watch Breakout And shout out to HBO putting Black folks in position like this. All though. day, every day. And they keep, uh, what's this gentleman's name? Uh, uh, I, I Michael K. Williams. They always put him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's the dad. He is in everything. Yeah, he's like, in, And he plays the same he role. Was, he stayed with a check of yeah. He was in, what was that? The, the Wire. Wire. Yeah. <laughs> Boardwalk Empire, I think. Yeah, he wasn't. Yep, but yeah. I do find it interesting. I don't mm-hmm. know if it is. I, I shouldn't I should say it. Okay, okay. I'm going to shut up. I think I know where you're going with that. <laughs> we all know where it's going with it. All right. We'll tell you afterwards. All right. <laughs> it keeps a roll. <laughs> after that, I mean, honestly, my next quarantine show that I've been watching, I oh. think we touched on was P-Valley. I think we touched on that. Yeah, that ratchet shit. But it's so good. Y'all put, y'all put me oh. onto that, and I was just like, this It's raunchy as shit, just, but it's good. There's a lot of just, they feed into a lot of stereotypes. <laughs> With I feel like they stopped the, 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 the colorism and the, the the bitches and the hoes and the strippers. Did you like it though? I don't know. I, I, can, <laughs> I can see why it's so good. The fellas like it. No, no. I, I, I think I think the acting is subpar. No, it is. No, acting is subpar, but it's a story though. It's, it is what no, it is. No, power is good. I don't watch power. Oh, have y'all watched Ghost? The 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 no. But you know what though? I have. I've heard multiple people tell me that Ghost. Book two with Power Book Two yes. is actually really good. It is but I just good. can't get myself it. to watching it. That's what people it. said about Empire season one. Well, season one was it. That's it. But the, same this, thing with the uh, first Power. Season one was probably the best season. Season one and two were probably the best. And after that, I, I am enjoying. Uh, whatever. I, I the point is, I've heard Tariq, my sources <laughs> have said <laughs> that Ghost or Power Ghost Two. Okay, I'm one good. of the direct sources. I've been watching it. It's so good. good okay? yeah. I followed yeah. all of the seasons. It's good. I was not a fan of Tariq, and I was like, I don't want to watch this little scrawny boy on on the screen, but. He's doing all right. None of the acting is phenomenal, but it's, it's never good. Been good. It's good. It's a good storyline. Tasha knows how to act. Maturi, she knows. That's a good actress. I ain't gonna hold you. Uh, but Mary she is supposed to be. Lala's not on it. Though. No, no. Lala, Lala is not a good actress. <laughs> no, she's not, but she knows no it too. Beyonce, but hey, I ain't here to say it. Not me. You I think everybody works. can agree with that. You said. I don't think I was arguing with you. You brought a Beyonce just a shooter. I mean, <laughs> like what? Just a shooter. Don't say that. Like what? Like see the attack on black women? So no. Oh, <laughs> somebody will take that and run with that. Narrative. Maybe one day, but yeah. hey, I ain't famous enough. I'm joking, but um, I'm joking. So Netflix did decide to bring a lot of black cinema from UPN. He's called a cinema, really? Cinema? Like sitcoms. Cinema? It's cinema. No, cinema films. films. Yo, you see, you know what happens? Niggas want to be journalists and don't know how to use journalism language right away. <laughs> this thing will be reading a few reviews, cinemas, and right, right, dog, cinemas. These are Netflix. Yeah, it's sitcoms, my nigga. Like the fuck. 
I did say A-chops. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Niggas be trying. Look, stay in your lane, people. <laughs> shit. Hey, I'm trying to do this shit, dog. Yeah, anyway, try harder. So, but, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. so anyway, Netflix decided to bring um, Girlfriends, Sister, Sister, The Game, and Moesha, and a few other shows to their platform. And I think all UPN, CW all shows. UPN. You, you sound like you hate them. Hmm? Why you sound like you hate them? You like them? I, I like, I oh. like, I, grew, I mean, Girlfriends, I was a kid, but it's like, I now I'm, wa- I'm watching now to see awesome. what it is. And I saw the episode because I saw something on your Instagram. Ooh, I watched the episode. Okay. I was, um, I saw You fucked up with that. You <laughs> fell to the spirit, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> she fucked up on that one. But, but he knows. He, he, he's, he's being a fraud. Oh, but anyway, shit. Um, I saw the episode where Tony, you know, was just like, I'm going to get with Charles. And then oh. I was just like, I remember yeah. seeing that when I was a kid. And I was just like. Is that normal? It's it's not abnormal. I mean, I've most definitely had conversations with girlfriends where it's like, hey, if you've moved on, that that, that situation didn't work for you. So you dated somebody you, that your friend dated before? Not me personally, but I wouldn't be against it, and I wouldn't be against it if they dated one of my exes, with the exception of one or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, so, but, just, but she was kind of she wanted to marry. That that's why I say that you, was you, too you much. need to, cons- too you need, to no, I agree with that. You need to consult with your girlfriend. You can't just you know, be like, oh, I'm dating. But women. she did, and she told her the yes. way she, she the knows. way she set it up was like Joan had to be like she was cool, which a lot of people do that pretend I'm cool. It doesn't bother me. But you know what's dope about like all these shows coming back, and now that we're older and watching them, there's so many like, so there's so many like, yeah, like little stories, little nuances. Like honestly, there's certain episodes because I watched Girlfriends when I was a kid back then, and I think, and there's certain there's certain episodes that I remember. But anyway, like I think that now it's like so many shows are ahead of the time. Way ahead. Um, and then like for instance, like Moesha is like way more corny than I thought it was. I knew I knew Moesha was corny when I was. A you know kid. what's funny? I knew, but you know you just kept watching, watching it. But it's so bad. Brandy's another one where I feel like that is her personality. Yeah. She was like a know-it-all on the show. I used to remember as a kid. I remember hating the show, but I couldn't stop, stop watching. watching it. And it got so bad. Remember Master P was on there? Yeah. And then it just got so bad. The game to me got better when it like. It went away. No, no, before. No, before, no, no but yeah, it, it, it got bad on BT. No, it got bad on BT, but before. Well, BT, when it first came out, the first it season, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. They had Lauren London on there. They oh, had, yeah. They had Jay Ellis on there. It actually kind of got. No, I know. You're right, though. You're right about that. So, honestly, I'm not a BT hater of the game, but I do know that. The, the drop that the it took when it went to BET yeah. but I don't think it was like as bad as people make it seem I think it was just the standard and the bar was just so high yeah. but I the like, game was actually a really good show really it was a good really good show I watched it as an adult yeah. I actually didn't watch it when I was younger so I, you didn't watch it when I was in college? that's when I watched it when we were in college oh, yeah. oh so you didn't watch it as an yeah. adult oh that's when it really started that's when BET hit because it took like a, like a year or two hiatus so right? when I, I, came I watched it on BET and I said oh I like this oh so you didn't watch UPN when it came on no I didn't oh that's why you so why'd you say hated it on BET that's all you knew because it was bad but you liked it. Okay, no, no, never mind. I liked the one season that I oh. thought it was interesting, so, so I oh. went back and watched the rest of it. Oh, okay, okay. I saw how good it was, and then I went to BT and he finished it up, and I'm like, oh, uh. I can see it. They was changing characters and swapping shit. Yeah. Fuck you, nigga. <laughs> 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 you over here whispering. I can see that. At least I respected you enough to not say it out loud. Anyway, this podcast is like, yeah, that's one of these parking tickets. Yeah. Um, um, at this point, we have tickets door? at the end of the show. Um, so every show, I think you, you, you're a regular listener. You're a fan of the show. 
so. He doesn't have to get a parking ticket if he wants no, to. No, he don't have to get a parking ticket, but I'm just letting him know. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to jump in. My parking ticket goes out to um, the uh, Attorney General. Oh, who? Uh, Kentucky, the okay. black guy. Oh, man. Um, uh, not because I'm surprised, but just because he's just another Uncle Tom-ass nigga. And that's just what I'm leaving it at. He has no shape up, so... I mean, he's shaped like a skinny like Mr. Uh, a skinny clump. <laughs> when you don't shape up, you know you don't respect the culture. So already, I'm already yeah, there. he was on. He he had a cookout white hold folks. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out, though. Well, I can't say that. Never. <laughs> but anyway, that's my parking ticket. Um, I it's just really sad. But I'm gonna say this and don't take this wrong way. I'm kind it's of Daniel Cameron. Okay, whatever. We don't need to fuck his name. But um, I like the fact that at least, and this is kind of like a, a little tidbit. That family got received, I believe, $14 million in settlement for the wrongful death of Breonna Taylor, right? I think it was 12. Is it 12? I'm sorry. Okay. The but, highest that a settlement has been. Okay. But well, they got... one of the highest settlements? Is that what you said? I heard the highest. I, I mean, you can verify yeah. that, but I heard that's the highest. So how do you get a settlement for a wrongful death, but no one gets charged for the death? It happens all the time. It's like civil versus criminal. Yeah, it's two different things. That's so... Like, anyway, we're not, we're not going to know that, but... um. That's not a replacement of life or anything at all. Um, I just hope that they, I guess, use their grief, their anger, whatever it is, that money to, you know, I don't, and not to like, not to like nonprofits and that shit. Hopefully they, long story short, hopefully they bring, you use that money to benefit Breonna Taylor's name and bring, hopefully, like, Find certain yeah. things. Man, hopefully the money just work for itself. I want them to just put that money somewhere. The Take care of the family. Take care of the family. Do what you got to do, but I just hope that they do something really good with it. You can edit that shit, because I was, like, stuttering through it, but yeah. Cool. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, um, I'm going to give my parking ticket to just the charges. Um, I'm, mm. I was not shocked by what happened. Um, even there was an announcement, like, St. Louis was getting marshals together before the um you know the verdict was handed down so i knew that was most definitely an indication and then they've been radio silent since the beginning so none of this was shocking but you know just parking tickets to this whole system you know it wasn't Mm. built for us and it's time for us to build our own i I like that destroy rebuild word to nas i would give my parking tickets to all the instagram detectives that have continually brought up all of megan the stallion Wow, he gave himself a parking ticket. For real? What? Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) back to my parking ticket. So I I do feel that um, there are a lot of people who question things that are happening that are beyond this. And sometimes I think at this point, we should just mind our business. We might never know what happens. So at this point, um, I do feel that a lot of people are trying to point fingers at a situation and pick sides. at the end of the day, we're all black individuals. We should all be here for each other and to stand up for one another. And I don't feel that there's a right or wrong in this situation. Both we have a woman who feels attacked, whatever the case might be. And we have feels a or did she get attacked? Can I feel like my ticket? So she did get attacked. She definitely did. And I agree. But we are not detectives. We are not going to go online and post pictures and say this bullet wound doesn't look like we ain't never got shot so we're gonna like different time so at the end of the day I do pray for guidance and I do pray that the rest of us um, stop going online and putting all these crazy little theories online and I, you're right I do have sources and I've already took I've deleted their numbers I'm 
they were talking to these sources that were again about the information that they they leaked to me. So you know that's the end of the show. Uh, I appreciate y'all. I do want to thank our guests for pulling up and spending some time with us on our longest episode ever. <laughs> yeah. OC, go ahead and drop your Instagram for everybody OC, to find you. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you, man? My Instagram is. You guys read? Yeah. Drop it. I mean, it is ob. Dot. Watch it. So, everyone, he's going to change Instagram to something a lot simpler very soon. <laughs> or better yet, no, he's not. Because you're going to learn his man name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't worry, where I got you, man. You're going to learn my name. You're going to spell that, though. I-E-C-I-A. Yeah, I'm, I'm going I-A. to spell that. So, let me, let me spell it out for the people that you know might have our time. So, it's O-B-I dot N-W-A-C-H-U-K-W-U. All right, cool, man. See you guys later. I appreciate the help. And God bless. Peace. Bad habits, yeah. Weak minds never win. So we in the lab again. Bad habits, yeah. Bad habits, yeah. I had to clean up my vibe. I make sure the energy rises.